Let's just fucking get right into it, huh? Just hop doing? right in, huh? Let's just fucking <laughs> hop right in this. What are we doing here? Dude, I love the American flag in the background, dude. Isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful, bro. I got I got two of them. I meant to hang one, but I haven't gotten around to it. So fucking, you know what it looks, you know what it reminds me of? Freedom. That's exactly right. Freedom. You know, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing. It's it's crazy how aligned our thought processes are. If I kind of almost forgot. We're playing the name game right now. You just show me that picture. It's the first <laughs> thing that comes to your mind. We're flipping the script, baby. That's what we're starting with right now. Freedom. I'm gonna you know what? I, you know what this reminds me of? How USA took all three, all three spots in the top three podium finishes at Sheffield for the men's side. That's, That's not a lie. That's not, not a lie, lie. dude. <laughs> um, first off, thank fucking God, you got a wild card and we're there. Oh, Holy dude! Smokes was that different because you were there. Yeah, super grateful, obviously, for that. And I told Pete that too, man. Like, it's I'm sure in his position because he had called me like two months before the wild cards were going to come out, and he was like, "Listen, it's not definite. We just need to know: Would you do it if we did offer it?" And I was like, "Absolutely, one thousand percent." And anything you need for me in the meantime to further convince you. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me know. Um, no, super, super grateful for that. And dude, like in their position, this is a map, the biggest meet. I think it's safe to say the biggest meet in powerlifting history. Oh. And it's a lot of money to put on and they have to, they, you know, they, they need the athletes to show up. And so I give them I dude, man, I'm just so thankful that they believed in me enough because if I were in their shoes, you know, I'm sure it's a really tough decision, especially when it comes to those wild cards, you know, because you don't want to waste a seat, you know? And so I hope that I made them feel like they didn't waste a seat, you know? Dude, you're okay. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. We got a lot to get into, obviously. Um, but your inclusion, you took this opportunity. There's a couple of people that slid in my DMs and they were like, a couple notes there saying some athletes didn't seize the moment where they're on stage with 2,000 people chaining their names. And I mean, we're already past a quarter of a million people. This is powerlifting. A quarter of them over, a quarter of a million people already watched that competition. Like that's numbers that like powerlifting doesn't get, my friend. And we're not even a week out already. It's It hasn't even been a week yet. And um People were saying not enough people quite played it up or quite brought that yet, but that's, it's the first year. And some people, it's not really in them. They kind of like hit it, wave, bounce. It is what it is. Dude, you were in your element. You were like, before it even happened, Mr. Burn Your Ships has the Viking hair. And like, you already had people talking about your showmanship and the show hadn't started. Like yeah. this, did you, were you, were you coming in this? Were you like, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, man. I mean, I, um, so I think it's twofold for me, bro. Like I went into this meet with a completely different mindset. Um, and that was to be completely detached from everything. Like, I really mean, mean it, uh, when I say it, I don't care about winning. I don't care about the money. Um, all I cared about was pushing my body to the absolute extreme. That is all I wanted to do. And that to me is fun. 
Like that's one of the reasons why I fell in love with training. And so I looked at this meet, dude. It wasn't about like, oh man, like I, I need to be the best. I need to set world records. I didn't give a shit, dude. Like I, in my head, I was like, we're going to see what I'm made of. We're going to see how far I can push myself. And I have apps. I almost looked forward to ripping muscle off the bone. I'm not kidding. So because of that, man, it created a different energy for me. To me, I went in, you know, like, all right, let's fucking go, man. Like I'm, I'm ready to fight. I'm ready. To, I'm literally 1000% all in. And that, so it was cool, man, because it allowed me to completely separate myself from any and all outcomes, you know? So for me, I just had fun. Like I genuinely had fun. Um, and I did what felt like for me, A, was enjoyable, but B, what would be enjoyable for the audience? You know, what would I buy into? What would I want to see out of a performer, out of a lifter? And that's what I kind of tried to bring to the stage, but in an authentic way. You know, I just didn't, I didn't force anything. I love the Viking stuff. Um, that was my mindset. That, that's my mentality. It kind of fit my brand. And so I went all in with it, you know, and and it yeah. is what it is, you know, it's, 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 it's cool. I hope that it, I think it was received well and I think people enjoyed it and liked it, but, um, 1000% man, I, I, I think, I think we, uh, we have to realize, and I had, again, this discussion with Pete too, going into, uh, the Sheffield, um, cause he had expressed some, some minor concerns that maybe some athletes aren't used to, you know, that type of audience and that type of stage and stuff. Um, and, you know, one thing I said is, I mean, he's absolutely right to be concerned about that, but we can't allow that concern to hold us back from growing as a sport. And at the end of the day, man, we as athletes at this level, I'm not saying that I'm at a high level, but all of hold us, on, hold on, hold on. you're not level, saying you're at a high level. Jesus. No, I don't think I'm there yet, bro. I don't think I'm there yet. We'll, we'll get there, but I'm not all there right. yet. All right. But I think all of us that share these platforms, bro, we now don't have the luxury of just showing up and lifting weights. That's not what this is anymore. We have the responsibility, the 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 cost, the price of being on this stage and at this event and on this platform is not just lifting weights. You don't get to do that anymore. You could do that at home. When you show up here, it's also about being a showman. It's also about giving the people what they deserve, right? Don't let them leave feeling like they've been cheated. And to me, that's 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 common sense. Like this is just part of the job now and it should be fun it should be fun so that's kind of how i view it and how i looked at it um and dude like i got lucky bro like as soon as that first attempt what like as soon as i stepped on stage it just felt natural like everything just flowed for me um yeah, you, you know and, yeah and delaney said the same thing like delaney is also very similar he had a lot of fun with it and we were just like yeah man like it just felt like we were in our element so it was it was awesome dude okay well first off um the hair there was literally people in group chats debating if they liked it, didn't like it. Like, it's exactly what you want. Because some people like, oh, it's, you know, it's over the top. It's what, like, and this is exactly why you do it. Like, you, you, you this is what the chatter you want. Some people are going to be like, no, come on. Are you serious? And other people are like, that's what you fucking do. You lean in. This is Mr. Burn Your Ships and he's broken. And you waited for that moment not for nationals worlds or whatever, but for Sheffield, the biggest ever. Um, and then in terms of hitting this, this, this level and being like, for sure, people might be worried about people being taken back, lifters being taken back, but you cannot make any concessions for them. If you, this isn't for you, you step aside, get shoved aside. This is not for you then, huh? You don't, by no means can the show pull itself back because someone might be intimidated when they get to that level. That's not how this works. That's not how, like, you know, what sport is going to be like, um, listen, there's a couple of NFL players that are a little daunted coming out to 30,000 people chanting. So if everybody can settle down a little, it's like, no, 
nah, you go back to the minors and like, there's, I don't, not that I'm saying that was even in discussion, but I'm just saying in terms of, um, yeah, like 100%, everybody's just got to learn to level it up. And everyone did. Everyone did. Like, like Evie Corrigan, when she first went out to the uh, stage, she visibly looked like, holy shit. When she first stepped on, she won. You know what I mean? Like she leveled up. Everyone did to their point, uh, level it up when, when it came time to, but, but you're 100% you know. right. This is, if you ain't ready, you better get ready or, or adjust. Well, dude, honestly, like don't even put that pressure on yourself. Just expect your body to want to feed off the audience. Like it's going to naturally happen. Imagine you're in a crowd of people, right? And everyone's really quiet. You're in a library. Everyone's really quiet. They're studying. Are you going to be going in partying? It's like, that's not going to be your attitude, right? You're going to want to match the energy. You naturally mm. want to do that because you want to fit in, right? We got so lucky as athletes, man. And maybe luck is the wrong word to describe it, but that audience was so damn receptive. SBDs did such a good job with creating the event, hyping it up, marketing it. And as a result, the audience was ready. They were warm, right? The audience yeah. was warm. And so, dude, as soon as I stepped on that platform, it was electrifying. I, I didn't feel like it was crickets. Like these people were ready for it. They knew it, it was coming and they it, it, you could just feel it, man. And so that's kind of the beauty of it too, man. Like we got, we were very blessed as athletes where this is the first time any powerlifter in history has ever had 1800 people or more right in front of them to watch them lift like this. And, you know, internationally, obviously a massive competition. Um, and the audience was receptive, dude. They wanted us, they wanted to see us win. And so, um, dude, I fed off that energy. It's not all me, you know, it didn't all just like come from me. It was, and I think all the athletes would say the same, like, you know, I think again, 100%, you know, it can be a little nerve wracking and it definitely is like, oh my God, like, are we really doing this? But <laughs> you just kind of like fall in love with the moment, you know? And, and, and I definitely do feel like, you know, you want to be authentic. You want to be who you are, but the best way to describe it is I try to be, especially in those atmospheres, um, the most extreme version of myself, right? Like we all have different aspects of our personality when it comes to performing and stuff. Like maybe you get hyped up for a lift. Good. Multiply it by 10 minimum because that's the show it's the extreme that's the show and that's that's what people fall in love with that's the story that's the brand you know what i mean because we all that's the thing bro we all have little of these like little bits of these pieces in us it's all a part of our personalities we're all human that's why we can relate to certain people and identify with people so the only way you draw that from people is if you amplify your own you know mm. um so that's kind of how i went about it but Dude, I'd I'd be lying if I said like, oh yeah, you know, you got to be the guy who just you know picks up the crowd and all that shit. No, dude, like the the crowd was warm, man. They 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 really amped us all up. Oh, they they were chanting names. They were if there was like a call they didn't like. This was this is when you knew we're we're sports like we arrived like other major sports. If a call was made and they didn't agree with it, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> They booed. They booed. Like a long 2,000 is a little over 2,000 people. 2,000 people boo in this fucking little arena. And it was like you heard it from left to right all over. Boo. And they started booing calls. Like that's what you see at a baseball game or a basketball powerlifting. You don't get that. Or, or like if they would start chanting a name, if someone's coming out for a big, like a big pole or a big, whatever, they would start chanting that person's name, standing up. It was great. There was smoke. There were, it was nuts, man. Yeah. It was like a full, it was like a real, like full on professional sport. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, dude, I really can't complain. I, there is not, I told Pete, man, there's like, there's nothing as an athlete, at least that I could say that I thought 
like literally nothing when there was no moment when I felt like, oh man, that could have been better. Oh, we could have done this. Oh, this is just so annoying. Why did they do it this way? Dude, from top to bottom, just unreal experience and like everything from, because pro people probably don't know this, the war, the, the warm-up room was set up perfectly. They had assigned lifters to platforms, more than enough equipment. The spotters and handlers and stuff like in the warm-up room never have had that before. Those guys were so nice. They were awesome. There was water available. There were snacks available. Like just everything, everything from top to bottom. I There was no moment in time during that meet where I felt like, oh man, dude, this is not, this is not cool. This is not okay. I genuinely just had such a blast, by far my favorite time competing ever. Um, and it sucks because now I know it's going to be so hard for me to, you know, to feel that again. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hard for them to top that, but, well, uh, but I have faith in them. The plans they got already, man. I've already, um, there's already like talk. I've already had some conversations that are like, they are. They are going to. There's already things in motion, and it's it hasn't even been a week. So it will be bigger. Um, I'm, I mean, obviously, I can't say too much, but like, dog, this was just the tip of the iceberg. They're doubling teams. Like some of the te there's multiple teams on a project like this. They're doubling some of them, man. Like it's getting it's going to be huge. Um, and in terms of like, uh, one thing I was going to say, one thing I wish they kept in was when when the lifters came on to the platform and they showed their name and their face and for you it showed you crossing your arms but originally i'm told you did the yes, throat slit i did and the tug out and they're like oh that might be a little too much yeah i, I wish they would have kept that in a i would have kept it in but i love that after one of your lifts you got it live on the stream anyways you, <laughs> you're you're walking you're walking and then you're like guess what this is a bug you looked over and did it did the throat slit motion into the camera i'm like oh he snuck it in anyways like a g but yeah. um yeah. to be fair in my defense i didn't find out that they had intentionally taken that or not used that until like after the meet so like if they had told me like gav this is a no-fly zone we get it it's cool but we don't want it i wouldn't have done it prob probably maybe Doggy, still would have done on, it but but yeah well, that's how i felt Tossed but it was cool territory. it was cool <laughs> territory. you just gotta buzz every now and then. you gotta buzz through every now and then let everybody yeah. know you're not playing around here that's exactly okay? right that's exactly but, um, right. yeah dude it how did you feel when you got there leading into it leading into that day how were you feeling did it dawn on you be like like this is gonna be I felt like it didn't to me until like the day of. And then no, nah, was... no, dude, I didn't really like, this sounds really bad. I don't really care. Like I was like, you know what, man? Like again, dude, my mindset going into this meet and hopefully I'll be able to maintain this, you know, my mindset moving forward is very detached. You know, I was happy to be there, grateful to be there, just wanted to sleep, chill, you know, and, and, and lift and just, and push my body. And so, um, there were some moments I would catch myself in certain conversations, especially like, I mean, as you know, dude, like you're tired, you've been traveling, maybe you've been having tons of caffeine to keep yourself awake and stuff. And so now like your anxiety goes up and all this other shit. And there, so there were some moments when people would be like talking about it and like, oh man, there's gonna be so many people, blah, blah, blah. but then it would just, it, it literally lasts for a split second. Um, and I would just come back down and be like, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, it's cool because I kind of, and I don't want to sound super corny and stuff and like, you know, harp on this, but like I've grown stronger in my faith as a Christian. And so for me, dude, I, I kind of just like trusted God's timing for me. You know, it's kind of like, look, if, if I have success here, then, then great. And if not, then that's okay too, man. Like I'm still going to give this my all no matter what happens. Um, 
And I will do everything I can to make this a successful event, not just for myself as a, as an athlete, but also for the audience, the spectators, for SBD, for everyone involved. And so um, I kind of went into it very just like pretty relaxed, pretty dialed back because I was just very detached, you know. Um, but it was cool, man. Like I, the one time that I did feel some nerves was like walking up for that first squat attempt because you could hear the crowd. You can hear the crowd, but you can't see him. And you know how important it is, especially for some a lifter like me who really needs his squats, um, how important oh, yeah. that that opening attempt is. And so, you know, you're just thinking like, and then, you know, I, I was in the sauna for like four or five hours, like literally just before, so I could make weight and stuff. So like, you know, with everything going on, it was just in that moment, I felt some nerves. And then, dude, I'm telling you, as soon as I stepped through the curtain, I was just, it just flowed. Like I just let go, like everything just flowed and yeah, the show went on. So. Okay, so I'm going to play a clip of your your third squat. We're going to watch it together. But oh, great. The, okay. the the intense part of the, that clip, um, and I had forgotten about this, they fucking kept you waiting before you came out to that world record. Yep. It, for a, an ungodly amount of time. I can't believe, I, I just remembered watching this clip and I'm like, I'm watching me like, oh my God, they're keeping them back there for four. What was the reason why? Because I could only see the monitor. Were they still, I guess you couldn't no see No idea. No idea. I didn't feel, I felt like, come on, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, but I didn't notice, you know, I didn't count the seconds really. So for me, I didn't notice it until I watched it back and I was hearing you guys talk about it. Um, and I was like, yeah, and, you know, now that I think about it, they really did keep me for a while. Um, I mean, it's fine. It is what it is, but it, I definitely did notice it. I was like, what the hell is taking so long? What the, like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if they were trying to like build it up or what. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. You could tell you had ramped up and then chilled there for a while and i was hoping i was hoping like i hope he doesn't settle and then as soon as you got the bars loaded you stepped onto the platform and then like whoop though no, you were back up it's like no gavin is just going to as soon as the crowd saw you i could see you in the monitor as soon as the crowd received you um I knew like, no, Gavin's right back at hundred percent. Didn't matter. They could keep him back there for a half hour. As soon as Gavin sees 2000 people, cause they were drinking, you were drinking it in like a thirsty man. And the crowd could tell that if they gave you energy, you were going to pop back. This is, this is a secret when it comes to performing from a crowd, acknowledge them and be like, yeah. And they'll give you more like, okay. Um, but if yeah. you don't really acknowledge them a lot, they're not going to give you a whole lot. No, hundred percent. And like, that's what I was saying before, man, I feed off of that energy, but the key is like, it's communication. That's all it is. I'm right. communicating to you and I'm setting the tone, right? And my energy will set that tone. So if I am timid or even if I'm faking it, they'll know, right? So it has to come from like pure passion, which can be hard to do because it's exhausting. But we're lucky that we're in a sport where you have to lift heavy ass weights. And so therefore you have to be pretty amped up, right? Most yeah. people at least. So you know, and everybody has their style. Everybody has their brand. But for me, dude, like I just love, dude, I could have stood in front on that stage, just looking out to the audience, the whole fucking meet. Yeah. I wish I dude, bro. I would have cooked my time up. I, I absolutely would have done because it, it felt so good to me. It felt like I could just communicate with everyone. And that was, uh, it was cool, man. It was, it, it felt, it was surreal. Honestly, it felt amazing. Um, and, but yeah, no, dude, I, I definitely, um, I was able to turn it on when I needed to throughout that whole meet. So, which I'm, I'm very blessed, you know, that right. I was able to do that. Let's watch this bad boy. Have you, you have you have you seen it since? a million times, brother? Okay, okay. Times. Let's let's watch it together <laughs> a million times. Uh, let's let me pull up my. Looking at this, even right now, takes me back, and I'm 
I feel like I'm not even fucking ready. <laughs> not even ready yet. Who's that handsome devil? Look at those, oh my those king braids, man. <laughs> and and I love, first off, current world record holder, Anatoly Novopismani, the 2021 best lifter of that world championships. And that world championships had Jesus Olivares, Russell Orhe, Jonathan Kaiko. Like that was, that was a big world. You were there actually. You were a junior and won the junior worlds. Three years, this record stood in something I want to draw your attention to. Let me ask you right now before we play this. Current attempt, 5.5 kilos over the world record. Your second attempt, um, you did not attempt the world record. So you were going all in on the third and well beyond. But I was telling people, you had already covered it, but you weren't really worried about chipping the world record. You knew your total was going to be made on squats. And you were, you were, correct me if I'm wrong, totally basing like your one, two, three attempt. This is where I want to end up, wherever you're going to end up and just go towards your total. And you weren't basing it on like, let me solidify the record on my second extended on my third. You weren't even acknowledging any of that, right? No. Well, so the initial battle plan going into it, um, uh, Alex and I, um, had thought, okay, let's take and secure the the world record on the second attempt, and then we can go up from there. Um, and then I decided to switch to the other kind of strategy, which is what uh, my coach John kind of had posed, which was take around seven ten, seven fifteen for a second, and then take you know above the world record for the third. Um, and the the whole purpose of that was one to kind of pace us, especially for pulls, but also because if we took the world record on the second, it doesn't give us a ton of breathing room for a third. And no matter what. Even if I took 750 as a third, the weights are so close between 731 or 733 and 750 that I'd basically be taking the same weight twice. Yeah. And so we kind of felt like you're going to gas yourself for no reason. You just had a sauna, you know, like all this other stuff. Um, and so, yeah. And also too, the mindset was, which, you know, um, again, dude, these are tough decisions. These are tough calls to make. Um, but the idea for me and uh, John was, we're not going to act like we're going to miss our third. Like, let's go into this knowing we're going to make our third. So if you go in confident that you're going to make your third, then it makes sense to take, let's say, 710, 715 for a second, right? And to pace that. Um, but again, dude, like Alex and I were talking about it quite a bit because, um, you know, again, my battle plan originally going in was to take the world record for the second and then just go up from there. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of, again, every, every lifter knows that this is what happens, but based on the day, you know, what do you think is going to be the best move moving forward? And sometimes you make mistakes and, you know, whether or not that was a mistake, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, that was kind of like the, the strategy going into it. It's true that yes, you're guaranteeing the record. If you go for your, it on your, well, you're not guaranteeing it, but you're giving yourself two kicks at it. If you go on your second, but you're 100% right. The amount of gas you're going to leave in the squat event by going twice that close in the top end, it might be too much. And then we all know by the time Dead's rolled around, you had you had gas in the tank. We'll get to that in a second. But let's watch this. Uh, I don't know what the delay. Can is. you hear? Yeah. My goodness! Oh, he's ready to come out. This is never great for the lifter. But we're good. Oh, but your husband sells it. There he is. He's back up in it. I don't you, worry about dude. that. As soon as you stepped onto the platform, the energy's Joe back Whiteley up. on the mic today. It's a great job in getting the crowd going and the lifters as well. Yeah. When there's a pause like that, 
It's when the speaker can bring yeah. the energy back up for the lifter, and Gavin looks no worse for wear for having paused in the wings. It was a bold move to load this weight, but Gavin's a bold young man. How's the wow, squat, man? When you look know. at it now, I, you know. can't tell from this angle. Two to one, it's good. <laughs> and Kevin Hayden breaks a nice and free kill that celebration, squad. man. 336.5, and he is Boom. fired up today. And there, when you rolled your finger Look and stared off at the crowd. Yelling at the crowd. Absolutely brilliant. He has been talking a great fight, and he has delivered on it today. Whoa, what a son. <laughs> All, uh, All right, so take a look at that. Um, let me close this off here. Revisiting that, the hype you felt after you hit that, explain to me how high it is to break a world record, not from anybody, but from Anatoly Novopismani, a world record you had chased at the world championships and missed to hit it in front of 2000 people like that and well beyond the world record. How high did that feel? Um, I mean, I had never felt something like that before. Um, you know, the, the thing is, man, like going into almost every lift of this meet, I, I've i evolved as a lifter where I kind of have mastered kind of like the art of the void or like the art of dying in a way. And what I mean by that is you take yourself, at least for me, into such a deep, dark place to be able to perform like that, where to the point where, and I did this for that squat world record and I did this for the deadlift, where... I recall everything that could ever have caused me pain. Anytime I've ever hurt someone I've loved or cared about, anytime someone I've loved has ever hurt me, um, every ounce of pain I could possibly draw up, I inflict on myself and I let it consume me to the point where I genuinely want to kill myself. And I look forward to the pain of the lift. Like I, When I tell you I wanted that squat to break me, I wanted to see what the fuck that squat could do to me. Like it gen it just it's riling me up right now. Like I genuinely could picture it. Dude, and I'm so rock hard right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is that weird? I'm so, I'm so bricked up right now. Results may vary. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I'm climaxing with you. But, um, Jesus fuck. Let's play um, that video again and I want you to narrate it this time. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, oh, fuck. Okay, but sorry. yeah, man. No, dude. I, it, and it's crazy because that's, you go from that, you're still in that state of mind of like just pure, raw passion, everything you have, um, and you're successful, right? And so, and especially for me, I had, I had missed it in South Africa. Not only did I miss it, but I also placed fourth, you know, um, in the world championship. And so going into this meet again, dude, I did not care about placings. Didn't care. I didn't even care really about taking the world record. Honestly, I genuinely just wanted to see how heavy I could go. How much do I have in the tank? Um, and that's why I skipped right over the world record. We were like, you know what? We don't think 750 is there right now. Let's take 740 with the chip, you know, and that's, that's what we took. Um, and so, you know, it just, cause think about it, you know, Mar missed. So it kind of just like made sense. Like, yeah, we could have just, you know, but that's just not how, that's not what I want to play. You know, I'm not here to pull punches. And so, dude, it was fucking unreal. Crazy, crazy high. I just, dude, I was so amped up. I was so, so amped up. Like I just 1000%, I was all in. Like my blood was boiling, bro. I was, I was, yeah, I was going crazy. You could, you could 
see it afterwards. Like the, no one can ever take that moment away from you. Like that happened anyways. Now, moments later, it gets overturned. Mm -hmm. How much of this do you want to talk about? Oh, you know me, man. I'm an open book. I, um, yeah, I'm an open book, whatever you want to talk about. Okay. So it gets overturned. Um, TSG's Ben Escrow, who for anyone who doesn't know is uh, Taylor Atwood's coach, goes to the jury. But he said when he's on the way to the jury, it was already being overturned. Mm -hmm. And what happened? <laughs> um. All right. Well, so I was obviously very amped up. I went to the back and um, I was... You know, it's, I got to be careful what I say because I've tried to grow as a man and not uh, be immature or rude or disrespectful. Um, I went to the back and I could tell. So people were like, wait, wait, no, they're challenging it. Uh, Ben's challenging it. Oh my gosh, it got overturned, blah, blah. And people in the back, I'm not going to name names, are like, oh my gosh, I'd be so mad if I were you. I can't believe that. And I know in my, I'm like, shut the fuck up because you're happy that this happened, number one. That's in my head immediately. I'm like, I appreciate, I appreciate it, quote unquote, but I, I, we're in a competition right now. Don't tell me that you would be mad if no, you, this helped you. You know what I mean? Yeah, this helped so, you. Yeah. So that, that was already in my system. But at first, man, I was kind of calm. Like I was like, well, it is what it is. You know, life goes on. We still got the rest of the meat. I've been here before, you know? So it's like, we'll just, we'll keep going. And then dude, I don't know what it was. Something just clicked or switched on me. And as I walked to the elevator to go back down to the warm-up room, I have never been that angry in my life. What I genuinely, I would say, if I'm going to give an accurate statement within the last like three years, I have not been that angry, at least not a time that I can recall. I was absolutely fucking fuming and that's not okay. Like I need to be able to control, you know, my anger, my emotions, at least to a degree where um, it doesn't fuck with the meat or anything like that. But man, there was so much passion involved and I, I've been giving everything. I felt like, how much more can I fucking give to you? Like, how much more could I possibly give to you? And it's still not being, uh, dude, I was so fucking pissed. And then when I found out it was Ben, um, you know, I was, I was very, very upset and very angry because, you know, I have some history with TSG. Um, you know, uh, and I think it's okay for me to talk about this because it's, you know, it's, it's real, this experiences. Um, I started working with TSG months ago, uh, after South Africa and they, uh, and you know, things were, were going okay. We're going well. Um, and you know, I had gotten hurt the most injured I've ever been in my entire lifting career. And then we spent, you know, several blocks trying to get healthy and I couldn't get healthy. And, uh, long story short, they let me go. Um, and then that's when I started working with John song. Um, and so, you know, I felt like between that situation, um, and the reality that there was no, and you know, I love Taylor and I respect Taylor. I think after he missed that squat, there probably wasn't much chance of him being able to like really, really, really catch up. Um, so I felt like there was literally no reason for you to challenge that squat. You fucking took food off my goddamn table. That's what you did. And this isn't just any meat. This is the Sheffield event. So now it's personal. You reached, grabbed the food off my plate and then pulled back and gave me the finger. That's what it felt like because this is powerlifting and you can, you can have this stupid ass rule and you can do it and nothing will happen to you. And that's fine. That's, that's okay. 
the reality of the situation is I 1000% took it personally. I'm sure you could tell now I'm still upset about it. <laughs> still... Um, I don't listen. I handled it immaturely. Honestly, at first I 100% handled it immaturely. Um, I had approached Taylor in the warm-up room, like to be completely transparent and, uh, nothing like bad happened and, you know, we're good, but I was just immature about it, man. I was trying to blow off. I was just trying to like deal with those emotions. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. And, and then I had to kind of like go for a walk and then I cooled down and, you know, and I just, and we went with the meat. Um, and I'm grateful for that experience because I learned from it, but man, dude, I was like, I was fuming, like fuming, fuming. Um, and I almost felt like, dude, like, yes, there's all that stuff, but I also knew I fucking like sunk it. Like I knew I could not have gone deeper. That's what I'll say. I'm not going to say that I hit complete depth or whatever. I'm not going to make that argument because I haven't seen any side angles, nothing. I will tell you right now, I could not have gone deeper in those shoes with that positioning in that moment. My hamstrings slammed on my calves and I could not have, I just couldn't. So that's what also really bothered me because I was like, again, dude, it was, it was like, man, dude, like I, you guys don't understand how much I've put into this. And for you guys to just that easily be able to take it away from you, gave it to me. And then because of politics, whatever, I don't know, maybe it was a legitimate call, politics, maybe, I have no idea. But because of some reason, you took it away, you stole it from me. And I, unfortunately, I don't come from a place where you allow people to simply get in your face, spit in your face and steal from you, take from you when it's undeserving and it's unearned. And, you know, to me, um, it's funny, Delaney, Delaney knows that like how I feel about that type of call. I made a statement in 2021 after my third spot was protested. And I said, protesting a Luther's lift is a bitch move. I still stand by that statement. Um, you know, again, I don't mean any direct disrespect by it. I'm not calling Ben a bitch or anything like that. Um, I have no hate in my heart towards them. They're doing the dude. They're just playing the game. It's part of the rules. I completely get it. I still believe that it is weak, soft, and dishonorable. I think that if you have to lessen somebody else to make yourself greater, you ain't better than me. You had to take my sword to beat me. That's how I felt. Um, and that's how I still feel. And so... You know, that obviously how I felt about that one call, that that rule paired with everything else. And you go from this crazy high, this crazy emotion, you know, to it being stripped from you. Yeah, I was definitely I was I was pissed off, man. I was definitely uh, I was fuming. But you know what? It, it added fuel to the fire and it is what it is, you know, but I just, you know, again, I, I do want to stress that I don't, you know, I don't um, hate anyone for it. And I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, I, I would go out of my way to like disrespect someone as a result of it. It is what it is, man. It's part of the game. It's the rules. I will trust that it was a legitimate overturn and that the jury was legitimate in, you know, in what they were trying to do. Um, and I will trust that the IPF refs and the judges were actually paying attention. I will trust all of that. And, you know, I will just do my job to make it even more undeniable and get three white lights. Cause at the end of the day, if that lift got three white lights would not have been possible to be overturned. And so the responsibility does kind of fall on my shoulders. I can be as mad as I want about it, but at the end of the day, it's my fault. So, you know, that that that's kind of like the whole story, the whole gist. Well, well, I mean, put it this way. If people, I know it's easy to be in in a on the couch watching this and then hear about like, you know, your reaction to it and to be like, oh, that's unsportsmanlike. But how many people in their life will ever be in the situation you described when you're walking up the stairs for your first squat and there's 2,000 people chanting. The music is so loud, you feel it through your chest. You just broke a world record in the sport you love and have the the emotion actually bring themselves to that emotional state to break a record that you said. 
about everybody that you've ever hurt, everybody that's ever hurt you to come to that emotional state. Most people, like this is already more intense. And, and to break a record and celebrate that in the biggest powerlifting event in history with 2,000 people cheering you on and your parent, your, your family's there, the whole nine, um, and having that special fucking moment it, with all your friends and family watching, be like, this is it. This is my redemption. And then to find out, hey, that guy just went over there to take it from you. You might react in a way that you didn't, that you might a day later be like, here's the thing, man. You would not be fucking human. Let me tell you something. If somebody doesn't react to that, I had to really self-reflect because I want, I genuinely want, I'm a very self-aware person. I try to be at least, I shouldn't say that. I try my best to be self-aware and notice my flaws and I have a fuck ton of them. Um, and I do my best to like really just try and make sure that I'm growing at least. I'm moving in a positive direction. And so after this meet, I was really thinking back and I was like, man, dude, like how can I have handled that differently? What, what happened? You know, like what? And I started to think, and you know, I had a conversation with my mom as well. And the amount of passion that was infused into that meat, let alone that lift, was insane, was immense. How could you not expect that energy to be transferred? Where is it gonna where's it gonna go? It doesn't just shrink, it doesn't go to zero. It's still fucking there. You know, and so the reality is I think I had a moment of being human and I felt like nothing bad happened, but I just, dude, I was pissed, man. And I think what people need to understand too is two things. Number one, this is not a 16 game season for us. I compete twice a year if that, right? That means I get a total of nine plus nine, 18 attempts. That's it for a year's worth of training. And that's me being generous because I've been training for over a decade. So for that long, that much effort, blood, sweat, tears, everything I fucking put into this for one shot, one shot at creating history. That's what I get. If we're being generous, 18. But really, it's one fucking shot at creating history, creating a legacy, inspiring people to do even more than I can do. And and yet, to have that taken away, you get yeah, it. I'm going to fucking and then react. Take it away. Yeah, yeah. you're right to get it and then have it taken away. Um, and and I think the other, the second thing that people need to understand is because I'm seeing a lot of this on social media lately is a lot of people like, oh, there needs to be more shit talking and this is a sports and this is the game until it fucking happens. And then everybody gets all soft and sad. It's unbelievable. And I'm very grateful. Taylor is my boy and Taylor's a dog and Taylor is a dude. He's where he's at for a fucking reason. He's one of the best in the world. Don't people are forgetting it because of this one performance, brother. Yeah, he's 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 a dog man it he's over. been the best yeah. he's been the best he's been through the trenches he didn't just get there easily he had to fight and so he i'm very grateful he understood where i was coming from in those moments and uh and of course you know i apologize to him for coming up to, he had nothing to do with that call you know it was just his coaches and stuff um and so and you know and again we're boys and i'm very grateful that he understood we're both competitors at heart so he got it but man, dude, it's insane. You hear some of these people that talk all this shit, whatever. And when push comes to shove, they retreat. It's incredible. Or they get upset about it. It's like, dog, we're fucking competing. Forget about the money. This is legacy, bro. This is the best in the world. And you're going to tell me like, what? So that's how I felt. Um, that's how I feel when I hear people, you know, speak on the competitive nature of sports and especially the competitive nature of powerlifting that we, that I think a lot of lifters have the luxury of not dealing with because everybody's all buddy, buddy. Everybody's very good friends and that's okay. That's okay. But when it's game time, 
when it is game time and we are putting everything on the line, do you know how hard Jonathan Keiko has to work to be there time and time again? You said it yourself, man. He battles every fucking meet. He's got to bleed, man. He's got to bleed. You think it's just going to be easy to take it from him? You think <laughs> I'm going to let somebody just take from me? Do you think it's, I'm going to let you do that? You're going to have to break yourself to beat me. That's how I look at it. And I'm sure he looks at it the same way. All of us do. That's why we're here. That's why we're at this event. That's the difference. And so, of course, man, of course, we're going to have those. It's going to be competitive. And like I, that doesn't that's not an excuse for us to act immature or be inappropriate or be disrespectful and stuff like that. I'm not speaking on, you know, I'm not uh, excusing that kind of behavior. All I'm saying is that we should recognize that this is a sport. And people will be competitive. And when when we do give everything we have, you better bet your fucking bottom dollar we're going to actually give everything we fucking have. It's just what it is. It's not some term that we throw around because of marketing. It's it's because it's who we are. It's what we do. It's how we live. You know? So, yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> well, well, uh, well, first off, uh, I mean, it's you're a passionate dude. Um, and second of all, I'll say, like, um, so I talked to Taylor what I what I found out first off that you and Taylor were chest to chest for a second there. I was like, Gavin and Taylor, because you're both you are boys. Yeah. Like you guys are boys, boys. And, uh, and I was like, get the fuck out! Like you guys hang out outside of flats. I was like, holy shit! And then you, then when I talked to you, you're like, dude, I I went for a walk, came back and apologized. Like I'm glad you apologized to him because it's it's your boy. And then second off, then I talked to Taylor and I'm like, you and Gavin are good, right? And Taylor said, he was like, um, dude, like, I get it. Like immediate Taylor's, you don't think Taylor's a fucking dog? Taylor's like, we're good, man. Like he's like, we're Taylor's the dude. I said this on the Jesus Oliveras podcast. Um, Taylor's the same dude at five foot six, hits the fucking CFL Canadian football league, like pro football. He's a fucking like battling giants with 30,000 people cheering for him to get run over by a 300 pound man. He's a dog. So a dude who for 10 seconds was super high and then super hot and got chest to chest with him for a second. And then afterwards came back and be like, dude, I am sorry. You're my boy. And fucking, if I could take it back, I would. Taylor's been in way more intense situations yeah, yeah, with absolutely. probably teammates on the football field. You no, fuck 100%. up. You fuck up your football teammates in your face. Like get your fucking head in the game. Cause you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just different. He's a dog and he was like out partying. We were all doing the damn thing that night. It, it was all, you, we've, we've all hung out since then, obviously, just so everyone wants to know like how bad was it? Water, water under the bridge pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, but yeah, no, it's yeah. just, you know, it, in a lot of respects, it's better. It was a guy like Taylor. Who's like, he's tough. You're not going to hurt his feelings. And, uh, he'll be like, whatever, dude. It's, well, yeah. And he, you know, know, look, man, he handled it really extremely, extremely well, obviously better than I did. Um, and it, we're talking about a matter of like five to 10 seconds. So like right. literally as soon as I made, um, I mean, I guess I could say it, it doesn't really matter. I, I went up to Taylor and I was like, your coaches are fucking pussies and you know, whatever. That's basically what I said. That's what I said. Um, and as soon as I said it, I was like, first of all, number one, Taylor has nothing to do with this. Like nothing. <laughs> second, of, like, second of all, second of all, it's completely immature and uncalled for. And, you know, I'm just talking shit. I'm pissed off and I should be better. You know, I, as a, as an athlete, I should be better as a leader. I should be better. Um, and third, he's my boy and I respect him and I, and I love him, man. You know, I want the best for him, you know? And so, 
Um, so because of that, like, dude, literally within seconds, like I shook his hand and I started apologizing, I apologized to his dad. And then, you know, as you know, look, we're competing, save it for after the meet. So then, yeah, once the meet was done, we all got drug tested and we're time, it's time to go home. You know, again, I just made sure I drove home the point, you know, to Taylor that, you know, I love him. He's my boy. And, and, uh, and I apologize, you know, for, for letting, you know, my anger get the best of me in those moments. And, Again, I don't think that anything was really that bad, and we were even really talking shit to each other. We did we did get chest to chest for a very brief moment, but it wasn't like uh, we were going to fight each other or anything like that, um, you know. And, and again, dude, we're competitors, and and I think I think um, I think he respects that and he appreciates that as I do in him, you know. And so, um, yeah, man. I mean, and it's it's just what it is. It's just it's kind of part of the game, and we wouldn't be human if it didn't happen. I don't think so. Um, and I think if anything, it kind of makes our relationship stronger too, I hope, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, it really was not that big of a deal. A lot of people love drama and that's so to them, they're blowing it up, but, um, right. it really was not that big of a deal is like a matter of seconds. Um, regardless though. Yeah, dude, I, I 100% look back and I'm like, man, dude, I, I just, I needed to, I've never had that happen before where I was so, so angry that I just like let that bro. I literally, as soon as I saw Taylor, I beelined and I just, and again, it wasn't like you suck. You're a fucking piece of shit. It was genuinely just his coaches that I was talking shit. Right. I was like, dude, your coaches but suck. But when you come at someone <laughs> with energy, he's like, what the fuck? And Taylor's oh, yeah. like, you know, you're going to end up yeah. chest to chest with another grown no, ass man. At, at first, at first he was a little taken back. He's like, dude, what are you talking about? Which of course, because what the fuck does, you know, he's he literally probably had no idea. Yeah, no idea. About. <laughs> um, no idea. And then, yeah. And then, you know, of course he started, you know, to get a little heat, you know, because that's just what it is. That's what the environment was. But again, it was a matter of seconds. Um, I did, I did apologize and it, you know, and I, I did make sure I apologized to his father as well. Um, and they both were very, very forgiving, very accepting. Um, and I'm very grateful for that, you know, cause it's, yeah, it, it is what it is, but I do appreciate that because again, it's, um, as much as it is a part of the game, it's not the type of, it's not, to me, it's not leadership behavior, you know? So, well, it's um, not a part of the game <laughs> to go what, chest to, get, to, to chest. be passionate, no, with, to go chest to chest with someone you're competing against. Oh no. Well, I, I mean, Passion, yes, yes. It's, but no, but yes, I don't know if I agree with that because like, if we look at other sports, bro, like that's what it is. It's, it's, we happen, the culture and the environment of powerlifting is very different. Um, mm -hmm. but dude, could you imagine like, you're talking about like MJ Kobe, Imagine if they had to warm up in the same room together and then go out for free throws or three pointers and, you know, like, like just imagine what that atmosphere looks like. They're going to be tripping the whole fucking time. Like that's just because they both that, you know, so I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it's abnormal because again, it's just not, we all like to talk about all this stuff and, but when it actually happens, you know, people's reactions are a little bit different um, is, yeah, in the is, community. It's the, the only thing would be if it happened too often it's not going to be two boys that'll squash it in two seconds. It'll be two rivals who don't really know each other that well and already don't like each other. And it'll actually escalate. You know but, what I mean? That's well, where okay, you don't but here's, here's the thing though. So like, that's where sports maturity comes in. And I knew for sure, no matter what, I was never going to throw hands. You know right. what I mean? Like that, that right. was, that was, that's why thank God your boys. Also because your boys, um, he'll accept an apology and it'll be like, I knew you guys would work it out because you're boys. That's why it's like easier to like, thank God it is your boy in a lot of ways. Oh, because it's absolutely, it's, yeah, you could yeah, just yeah, be, can 100%. I talk to you, man? When your friend comes up to you and apologizes to your face two seconds later, it's tough to be like, uh, you know, and you explain, but yeah. Um, and I mean, look, he had every right, of course, to be very upset and very, you know, taken aback and whatever. Um, and I, I, like I said, man, I appreciate him being the bigger man in this situation. Like I, I really do. Um, like I said, I do think 
that when you, I, I don't think people are understanding like how, again, I'm not excusing any sort of behavior. I'm just trying to speak on the passion that comes behind this stuff. So that way people understand that it's not kind of just like out of the blue, out of nowhere. There's so much passion there for everyone, for every lifter. Um, and just the nature of us Delaney's, you know, similar situation where, you know, we do come from a sports background. And so, you know, it's, it, I'm comfortable being chest to chest, you know, to some degree, to some degree. I don't, you know, I'm not saying that that's what you look for. You don't look for the conflict, um, mm -hmm. but it's not something that's like, you know, again, like you said, Taylor was in the CFL, the dude's a dog. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like, it, it, it's not going to throw him off his game, you know, in, in that way. And so um, again, it's not something that you expect, but it's just, like I said, it's kind of almost like part of competition. And in some ways, in some ways, it can make it more fun and more oh, Doug, alive and more. We talked about it for like I can't. We, we talked about it a good chunk. Here's the thing: Taylor's a dog. You're a dog. Both you guys literally were hanging out that night, and it was all love. Like fucking within two minutes later. Um, but there will be some people whom that would be crazy. This would be crazy. Yeah, and I won't, I won't allow that to happen again. I mean, like I said, we're talking about a matter of seconds, but still I'll go for a fucking walk 10 seconds earlier than I did. That's the plan. Um, you know, and that's all it is, man. Like I said, now that again, I've experienced it. I've never, ever had a high like that in terms of, you know, being on that stage, finally achieving what I've been some people never for will for so long. Um, and then to have it stripped away from me. And then, you know, and I said the same thing, um, to uh because to, i did have a conversation with ben uh and jason anything that could have been fuel for the fire was added like anything in my head and so and it was dude i i genuinely felt like i almost like couldn't help it because it went from me being like ah oh, you know what oh man they took it away i guess it is and then boom it was just like as i was walking to the elevator i just was like are you fucking kidding me no 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 and i just i just let that kind of get the better of me um and like i said man it's not uh i am human and i and i like i said i hope of course i mean it, and it seems like they do both taylor and and um and his dad you know know that I, my apology is very sincere um but uh, yeah, at the same time, I, I want to learn from it. You know, I want to grow from it. I don't think I don't think we really have to worry about stuff like that moving forward. Um, but like I said, man, I think it's just kind of it is part of the locker room. Like I think it it is kind of um, again not that it should be expected or welcomed, but I think it would be weird to almost expect it not to happen sometimes. You know, so um, so I I know you talked to Ben too. Just to wrap up that side, and mm -hmm. he was he was explaining that the way he views it wasn't um it was by no means personal i could tell you right now they had were calling against uh jesus Oliveras as well trying mm -hmm. to overturn because what they're trying they knew because ben's not here so let me just offer this just to be no i as, know yeah and as, as, you as, tell me he's told me yeah right and he's told you as well but just for people listening um bennett explained they knew taylor was not 100 and they needed everything to go his way and um when he's missing lifts and other people are hitting. So it wasn't, it wasn't just a Gavin thing. I know, I know Ben doesn't have any like ill will towards you. He told me before and afterwards, but they needed um, Taylor to move up some notches. So he actually protested other lifters as well. And, um, and then he was like, yeah, I, I, I wanted to talk to Gavin to, to explain, to articulate. I'm just, I'm going to advocate and fight for my guy. And he doesn't see it quite the same. He's not coming from the same passion background in terms of like, it's just personalities too. When you see um, Ben and Jason, they 
don't carry themselves like you, Taylor. You know, they're they're different dudes, so they'll view it differently. And um, I will take what they say on face value as genuine as like we are operating to try to do the we're we're gonna advocate for for Taylor, whoever, as best we can, and we don't attach feelings like that. Yeah. But on the flip side, fucking sometimes yeah. you're gonna have come across a young guy like yourself. Whom, like, if he just did what he did and you're seeing him celebrate on the platform like that, you know you're going to see him 30 seconds later in the warm-up room. Fuck, well, man. especially because it was like that. You know, again, I 99 coaches out of 100 will take advantage of that rule. And I totally understand that. And they have every right to do that. And I don't, um, I don't, I don't think, I, I think less of them for that. You know, I think it's really more so just my issue is with the rule um, only because of the culture, uh, not the culture, the, the, the structure of the sport and, um, and like quite literally how the logistics of things and how we do things and how we win. Um, but also of course, in my heart, I don't play the game. I don't, I didn't join powerlifting because I love the sport of powerlifting. I joined powerlifting because I love the idea of being the best and being the strongest, you know? And so it just happened to be that, that powerlifting fit the mold, you know? Um, mm. And it became the vehicle, let's say, to get to the destination that I want. Um, and so, yeah, of course it's frustrating. Um, look, man, you know, I, I, like I said before, dude, I have, um, I, I'm sure. And as this is a perfect example, I have made plenty of mistakes. Um, and I have, I'm sure I've done things that have pissed people off or made people think, man, he's such a jerk. He's such an asshole. Why would you do that? You know, I am so freaking far from perfect. I'm not going to hold this against anyone or, you know, or, um, you know, hate anybody for it or whatever. It's, it's just, you know, it is, it is what it is, man. I, I kind of just like let it go. And and again, I want to emphasize, had I gotten three white lights, Ben could never protest it. You know, it's off the table. It's not even a question. And so it's my job to do that, man. As an athlete, it's my job to do that, especially at this level. Every single one of us should be getting three white lights on every single lift. We're supposed to be the best. We're supposed to be so technically proficient, so strong that we're infallible. That That really is what that is, right? Never miss a three-pointer you know, mm. to kind of create that analogy that that's it, that that's what it is. And so it's my fault for not, for not being at that level to not, for not rising to that standard. Um, obviously I'm frustrated because I thought that I had fixed that problem. Um, but it's okay. You know, it is what it is, man. It just means there's more work that I have to do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, of course I was definitely very upset and I, um, I did take it personally. I still take it personally. In fact, you know, I'm this, you know, my prep for the world championships in Malta, it feels the most personal, um, going into this meet and uh and i am you know coming for everything but regardless i i definitely i understand it it's part of the rules do i think it's soft and do i think it's weak absolutely i think it's, oh, you, I think you, it's completely dishonorable but you know it's for it's okay. a minute for a minute for, for a fucking minute when you were talking about like look at it, it's on me i need three white lights and this is why we're yes. here and like it's all blah 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 and it is what it is and this is sports and you're like but um, you know, I will burn down their houses and I will, you know, <laughs> and I just want to say, take it personally and all, no, it's no, on no. site if listen, I see them. <laughs> listen, there are consequences to our decisions, Ryan. Okay. Wow. There are consequences to our decisions. And I, it is my responsibility to make sure that as an athlete, I rise to the standard. I, like I said, I 100%, I want the best. I want Taylor to be his best. I want Keiko to be his best. Jesus to be his best. I don't particularly believe in the idea 
of having to cheapen or lessen um, your competitor in the sport of powerlifting in order to beat them because it means you were not stronger than them. It simply means you were, you got kind of, it almost feels like you kind of got lucky and, you know, they took something from somebody else. Um, and because you couldn't handle them head on, you had to take something from them in order to win. And that's what it feels like for me. Um, of course, again, you know, people could say I'm biased, but I, that's like a law. With, and I hope every handler, whoever works with me moving forward, understands that, that that is a law of mine. We will not, I will not, because dude, I know how hard these lifters work. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the hardest worker in the room because there are guys that are working probably 10 times hard. I'm doing everything I can on my end. And of course, I'm always pushing myself, but we all work hard, man. We all work so damn hard to be here. We put so much into this. And for the longest time, we don't get paid to do it. You know, it, it's tr truly, truly because we just believe in ourselves and we believe in becoming the best and we do it out of passion, out of love for this. And so I I recognize that. And so, you know, if Keiko hits a, a world record bench, right. And he gets one red light because let's say elbow depth or something like that. Fuck man, I'll just be stronger, man. He deserves that. If he got the good lift, let him have the good. I know everything it took to get to that point and to achieve that, you know, there's enough variables as it is. You know that that stop you from being your best on game day. If you finally get the, the white lights that you need to to secure the lift that you've been gunning for and you've been working your ass off for, man, dude, like more power to you. Grateful for you. I'm happy for you. I'm clapping for you. Now it's my turn. Let's see if I can do better. That's how I feel. So, you know, again, it's not so much like a, it's personal. You know, towards like Ben or you know Taylor or anything like that. It's more so it feels personal. Um, towards like just competition in general, you know, now yeah, I feel like I'm, competitive I've, been, sense. I've been targeted. Yes. And so now I'm going to absolutely bite back and that's just what it is, you know, and we do that. We do that by rising to the standard and being absolutely undeniable. That's, that's how you do it. Um, yes. Okay. There it is. There's the wrap up of the end. That makes it a whoop. Let's leave it at that yeah. because, <laughs> um, for people listening, just so they understand you and Ben also talked it out. You and Jason talked it out. And you guys, even if you would be like, I wouldn't do this, you would do that, but it's all within the rules. And like, exactly like you said, we're competitive against each other in that environment for Sheffield. And um, you use it. You use it as fire. You never have to agree on that. You know what I mean? It's just in sports, I'd conduct myself differently. And that fuels me going into Malta. Well, let's not get to Malta yet, but... Moving into Malta, yeah, that'll be the fuel for the fire. But let's finish off on Sheffield because the bench rolls around, the deadlifts roll around. Um, Keiko does his damn thing on bench press, grabs chips, collecting money. Uh, Keiko had missed his third squat. Uh, it was just a two and a half kilo jump, though, so he lost two and a half kilos on it. Um, you guys both do a phenomenal job on the bench press. Going into deadlifts, 340 moved like, I mean, when you loaded up 340, I knew it was a PR and I knew it took you, you know, two attempts to get 335. And, and previously, deadlifts is where you start losing ground. But now you're in Keiko range for your deadlift. No longer is that the case anymore. Um, he'll, he's he's Mr. Bench Press. But now the way 340 moved, you look like you had 345 in you on that day, let alone by the time we get the Malta. You're going to start, if you start getting towards, if you had 345 on that day, and you had to play it the way you played it because it, you know, you lost that squat. If you had gotten that squat, you handle it differently. You lost the squat. Now you start gambling. Fuck me, right? So I understand. Let's say you got 345 on that day. If we're talking 350 by Malta, now you're in Gustav Headland range. Like things are your deadlift is what the hell happened to your deadlift? How is this moving like this? Yeah. Um, 
Well, in terms of the calls, yeah, I completely trusted Alex to make the right call. I knew that we were on the same wavelength in terms of what we wanted from this meet. And you know this too, we're going all in. You know, I had no idea how 750 would move, but in the back of my mind, I knew I would have to pull at least 750 if we wanted mm. to go out on our shield here. And so um, so I just trusted Alex. Him and I, like I said, we didn't even say a word. Um, he he put in, you know, whatever number he put in, and I just I knew that it was gonna be probably around 750. Um I was super confident going into that lift. Um, I just felt relaxed. I felt good. Um, of course, I kind of put myself back into that place and just drew on all the things that I draw on to, again, I, I just, I get almost like borderline suicidal and that's the fuel that I use to get into, to, you know, you know, I, I basically like, I basically come to hate myself more than anything. Like I genuinely just, I, I allow myself to hate myself and that's the fuel that I use. And that's, you almost like look forward to the pain. You almost like look forward to it. And that's what I use. And so, um, yeah, so the lift was successful, obviously. And, and I definitely do agree. I think we probably had maybe another five kilo. Um, but yeah, so 2020 John, hindsight, but yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. 2020, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, John Song has done a phenomenal job uh, coaching me since um, I want to say we started working together maybe like October, November-ish. Um, I'm not sure, maybe around November, December. Um, and he took me from, dude, I literally could not tie my shoes without back pain um, to what we did at Sheffield, you know? Um, and it's just, when it came to the technique work, it was just constant tweaks and especially for deadlifts. So basically what happened was on week four of the second to last block, we went to pull 740. Um, which is, what, what is that? 335 or something like yeah. that. So we went to pull that in the gym. I tried it five times. It was a mistake. I should have done that because it burnt me out. Um, but I tried it five times and I tried it three times sumo, two times conventional. The reason why every single attempt, I got it to my knees and I could not lock it out. Damn. And in my head, and I have the videos and stuff and it flies off the floor, hits my knees, can't lock it out. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is going to be an issue. This is not going to be something that's like, oh, it's going to happen on me. It's there on me day. This is not this, you know, that's not, that's not the situation. We need to figure this out. And so we kept playing around with deadlift, kept playing around with deadlift technique, technique. And then fast forward till about two weeks out, um, he, he gave me this one cue that just clicked. Like it, it made everything work. We went through it. So two weeks out, we basically changed my entire deadlift technique. Um, and it worked and yeah, Dude, what was and that by, by the grace like, of God, oh, you want to give out my secrets him. for free, huh? Everybody's <laughs> like, what is that fucking cue? You know what? You know what? I will give out, I will give it out because on your subscription on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> it will be, it would be inconsistent with my character. If I gate kept this information, because it means that I'm afraid you'd be stronger as well. I want right. you all to be stronger. So this is basically what we did. So, um, Essentially, we emphasized the hinge. The biggest piece was creating extension in my back, but more specifically, almost like my lower back. So what that did was it completely changed the lockout. I didn't do anything in terms of lats or anything like that. It was get into position, slight dip, um, kind of like cover the bar is what we call it, but we're almost like hunching over the bar. Then, And if you watch that the, the videos of my deadlifts, you'll see it. Everything gets kind of broken down into these steps. You'll see me arch my back and then I just I just hinge over, right? Um, and then I used to like really try and pull slack and stuff like that. Now, all I do is once I, I hinge over, I hip hike. The hip hike just lets me hear the click of the bar against the plates and then I get into position and I go and I just press straight through the floor. Um, and because my back is uh, arched, 
or extend in, in extension, it just helps with lockout a ton. And so that that's why I was able to, it, it just due to change everything. And, and obviously, you know, we'll see sometimes it's tough. I think every lifter has struggled with this, like, you know, some days technique feels great. Other days technique doesn't, mm. you know, but I'm, I'm hoping if we can carry this momentum, we'll definitely be, you know, in the 760, 771 range, but we'll see. Man. So adding it all up, if you had gotten that squat, you would have got an 891.5. Was it 891 or would have been like 896? Hold on one second. Let's pull this up. It was 336 and a half. 215 and then 340. So you got you got 325 and you missed 336 and a half. Right. The difference right. is 11.5, right? Yeah, let me. So you your total is 880. Yeah, yeah, If right. we put 11 and a half. Yeah. 891 and a half, brother. Keiko hit 884 that day. Now, if Keiko hit his third squat as well, he'd hit 886 and a half. You guys are so close. We're playing the game right now. You know, Kaiko will be like, well, let me retake this or whatever the hell. We're playing the game right now. All I'm saying is um, you're right there. You you just need that nine for nine day where your squats go. You, you need that third squat. You have that third squat. You could be a world champion. You could be the Sheffield. You could be the whole nine. You need that third squat to get in. It's the th It's that... And, and I'm not telling you something that you don't already know. And I know you've already, you're thinking about it and you're probably talking about it with your coach. And you're like, look at if I'm into the eight nineties now, and we start throwing on more kilos on the deadlift, like it, look, it's going, this is, you're going to be a tough guy to beat come worlds. Or is, what do you think is the difference here? Is it just literally making that third squad undeniable? And you're, you're pretty much you're cruising. Cause it, you've had a couple close ones now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I have to go nine for nine, of course. Um, but I I don't plan on pulling punches, obviously. So, you know, I'm not going into it thinking like, and every coach, and it's fine because it's their responsibility to do this. But every coach tends to be a little bit more conservative, and they tend to think about the game plan and and how are things going to add up, and what can give us the best shot, at, and what's the this is the best way to put it. What is the minimum required to win? The minimum yeah. needed. That's not how I think. I don't enjoy competing when I think like that. I tried that, dude. I tried that for Sweden, South uh, Sweden, South Africa, and I tried that even for uh, USV. It just it's not me. It's just not. It doesn't work that way. Um, so you know, I'm gonna go in just to see what my body is capable of. I I don't really care, you know, what happens. And of course, you know, the competitor in me wants to win and and wants world records and all this other stuff. But genuinely, I just, I just, I've come back to this place of enjoying my training. And for me, that means what, what is my body capable of? How far can I push myself? Um, I want to see what my limits are and see if we can, once we see what those limits are, push past them in the moment, you know, and that's what I look forward to. So um, of course, yeah, to answer your question, we need to go nine for nine. I'm sure. Um, you know, Keiko's a phenomenal competitor and he's uh He's Mr. Perfect, you know, so I'm sure he won't be missing, you know, at, at Worlds. And I'm just going to assume that he's going to build on his total, you know. So I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to hit around 900, you know. That's what I'll go in thinking. And we'll just have to do better. And that's that's it. <clears throat> you can kind of, you can sure as hell bet that I'm not going to protest one of his lifts. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you fucking should, though. And that's the villain arc that people like, you know how, if it's for the gold medal and he gets the last deadlift. And that's where it's like, Gavin. You know, no, because dude, we don't listen, man. There's new world champions every single year. Um, like, no, this did is you gonna see sound... when Hulk Hogan 
dyed his beard uh, black for a little while and he was Hollywood Hogan and he became a bad guy. Yeah. This is listen. what we're doing in Malta. That's no, no, what, no, no, no. listen, listen, no, just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> just hear me out. Dog eats the villain arc. And you become the world champion <laughs> and you go to Sheffield and all of a sudden you're that guy. <laughs> right? I don't know. Villain, villain is the wrong. I think I'd rather be like the anti-hero. You know what I mean? Okay, anti-hero. Like, you're Wolverine. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I just, it just doesn't move me the way it used to, man. Like titles matter to me. The gold matters to me. Um, but I, this sounds weird, but I believe it will come to me no matter what. I believe I was born for it. It's meant to come to me. Like I, I genuinely believe that. I trust that. I and some people think that's cocky, and this is kind of the the flip side of the coin. I believe you're meant for it too. I genuinely do. Like whatever it is that you're passionate about, that you're ambitious, I genuinely believe you were born to be fucking phenomenal. And whatever it is that you have in your mind, that you've set in your mind that you want to accomplish, I genuinely believe you're capable of it. I believe I'm capable of it as well. And so, you know, I'm not really worried about that, man. Like I, I, I do. I'm not going to chase it. If it, if it happens and it comes to when I was going into Sheffield, dude, I didn't even think I would podium. I was like, I don't, you know, whatever happens, happens. Like, I have no idea how good these guys are. I don't even know how the scoring system works. I found out how the scoring system works the night before. So, Holy you know, shit. I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Person. You know, I was like, I just want to burn genuinely burn my ships, go all in, um, you know, for worlds, I will not only be burning my ships, I'll be burning everyone else's and no one will have a chance of retreat. We will all be stuck together and we will all fight together uh, to see who's the biggest, baddest, strongest motherfucker on the platform. Um, but that's what I'm excited for, man. I'm excited for the battle and for having the opportunity to get pushed and and go all in, you know. Um, so yeah. So and and if dude, if if Jonathan wins again, then then and he deserves to win, then that's it, man. Like that's that that has nothing. I'm not ever going to think like, oh man, if I just protested, I would have won. Blah blah. If I have to think like that, that means I don't have enough faith in myself, enough faith in my team, and enough faith in my work, you know. So. Yeah, I'm excited. I definitely am excited. Um, and I'm obviously, of course, going to do everything I can to to be as strong as possible on the day. Dude, I was talking to somebody. I forget who it was now. During, is either, I think it was at the, at the venue. Or not at the venue, but like um, when we were all in Sheffield. And somebody was, we were talking about like a temp selection, et cetera. And I don't know where you, did you say it on the podcast? Or maybe you said it when we were there about like, you were just going to go all in and you didn't give a fuck about like the chips. You didn't give a fuck about securing the record and then, or, or whatever. You're just like, you're just, I just want to fucking see how far I can go. Yeah. And I remember the person saying like, that's, you know, you got to play the game. You got to, you know, you'll feel differently if you win, lose or whatever. And I remember trying to explain, like, I got you about winning, winning's fun, et cetera. But I'm telling this person, if you got a guy like Gavin who doesn't think like you think you had it first off say that but his whole motivation his whole mind frame every every ounce about him it's a unique perspective you can't clip that guy's wings or try to change him you have to hop on that wild horse and just fucking steer it in the direction as best you can but don't try to break that horse and domesticate it and have it he ain't it ain't it's not gonna happen when he's rolling into World of Sheffield, if he's like, we're going all in on squats, this is my top end squat. To an extent, you try to steer a little bit, but that fucking wild young man is good. You got to be careful. The last thing you want to do is, is get too analytical with this guy and try to and get in his head. Like like you said, like kind of like you're saying, walking into South Africa and some of these other meets where you're like, you know what? It, 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 for a guy who's all about passion, 
you can't kill that passion with analytics. Yeah, man. I agree completely. I'm glad that you see it that way, or at least you, you understand it. I because, understand. Yeah. It's, um, I tried it, man. I tried it. I bought the bullshit. I drank the Kool-Aid, you know, I got it. Oh, we just need the minimum. It sounds nerdy and it sounds smart and it's signed. It sounds correct. That's the crazy part. It <laughs> yeah, sounds correct. It it's probably they, is. They trick you, brother. They trick. <laughs> they trick you. No, 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 no. But ready for this? But oh not my for gosh, This is going to be okay. great. Okay. So yeah. I might catch some heat for this, and it's all love. It's never disrespectful. You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to people. Um, here's the thing: for the longest time before Sheffield, athletes show up to Worlds. Most of them, or actually, I can't say that because I don't truly know. Some athletes can show up and just do whatever they got to do and then leave and they win, right? Like they don't really have it. The class isn't stacked. That's nothing against them. They're they're just that fucking strong that nobody's close, right? But the point that I'm getting at here is they don't have, they don't have to push. They don't have to, they don't. So let me tell you this, ready? If nobody's in my class, no Keiko, no Gustav, no Emil, no Sasha, nobody. You think I'm still going to pull back? I'm going to do the bare minimum to win, to take gold? What the fuck does it mean then? What is, what is the gold worth? I didn't fight. I didn't do any, I didn't bleed. What the hell is the point? It's worthless. It's like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't register. When you are a champion, that you don't get a, a hall pass. You are a champion at all times. You hold yourself accountable to that standard at all times. That means you're going to give your all and be your best at all fucking times, no matter what. And that means taking risks. They can be calculated. They can be calculated. I'm not saying take something that isn't humanly possible for you on that day. I am saying believe in yourself test yourself. That's what we're here for. Let's see what the fuck you're worth, man. You want to just have fun and whatever, go to a local meet. Fine. But this is a championship. This is a championship. So behave like it. That's how I, that's how I feel because, and dude, like Amanda Lawrence, she's so sweet. I love her. Like she's such a great friend of mine. Like I genuinely am so happy that she's in kind of like, she's a friend of mine. Like I genuinely am so happy. I know her. She made a comment. She was like, you know what? I'm done working my ass off just to go to worlds and like not have not go all out, not not see what I'm capable of, you know, whatever. Just do what I have to do. And I, and I remember thinking like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. You're right. You work too damn hard. You know, you work too hard to be the queen of powerlifting, to be the best in the world, to show up and not show the world what you got, you know, because we know it's there. And I think Sheffield reignited that flame. It, it woke people the fuck up and realized like, oh, wait, there's no world title to lose. There's nothing. There's no risk. Okay, great. We can go all out. Now take that same mindset and apply that to every single competition. Now it's, dude, oh my God. Now it's going to be crazy. Now, Dog, now can I say something? Yeah, yeah, go for it. You got me bricked up again, buddy. <laughs> fucking rock hard right now. <laughs> when you keep going about Malta now. But, um, <laughs> all right. No, but honestly, I fucking, I, I, I get it. Oh, I Look, at, I get, um, you know, the world record at, at Sheffield is going to be X amount of money. So some people are like, God damn, man, I'm not going to fumble my bag. But I also get, I get both. Uh, not everybody's the same. Like, I respect that. And I don't want everybody to be the same. I don't want everybody to be Gavin. I, I, I don't want everybody to be whatever. Go through the fucking list. That's what makes Gavin special. Ms. Mary, you know I what I mean? Like, that. Thank you. Well, it's true. <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it's the truth though is like, we need people like you as well. You fucking, you're necessary, man. It, it, it is like when someone comes on here, it's like, I, I'm sorry. I'm passionate to a fucking fault. I will fumble my own bag because I have to. I will bypass the game plan because I'm going all in on my third squat. What about securing on the second? 
fuck the second if it messes up my third because I want to see how far I can go on my third. And it's like that. It's like, yeah, but if you, you're like, no, <laughs> we're going all in. But what if you, I don't fucking care. I don't, don't, it's like a, when someone's passionate, if, if, if you're talking to a musician or a fucking artist of any kind, you would never want to get involved and start talking about the, take away any of their passion. But sometimes when it comes to sports, you take an athlete and sometimes you, you, you feel like you got to a little bit and it's like, nah, to an extent, if you treat him like an artist as well, you should be like, let this guy, the passion is driving this guy day in, day out in training. And this is how he's going to get up for worlds. Just let him go all in. And it's and more fun. It's more fun, brother. It's so much more fun because now I enjoy, like, I look forward to it. And this is my thing, bro. I fell in love with training again because, you know, life got hard again. And as you know, there's peaks and valleys and stuff. And, uh, and there's a lot that goes on in my mind and, and it's just, I'm sure, you know, maybe we'll touch on it, but the reality is there's nothing negative that somebody else could say that I haven't already said to myself, you know? And so because of that, man, it's like the training becomes this like positive way to hurt myself in a way, you know, like, like almost like this, let's inflict as much pain. Let's grow. Let's just push my body as hard as we can push it. And let's see what I'm truly made of like that. It, that's the beauty of it. And it's so much fun. And there's a community and there's a culture to it. And you're doing it with your boys. You're going through it with your boys. And it's just, it's a mate, dude. It's so much fun. If you take that and you put it on the platform where you let go, you just, dude, it's so freeing when you just let go of the outcome let it go. Whatever happens will happen. All that matters right now, give everything you have in these next 10 seconds that it's going to take for you to move this weight. That's it. Give everything you have. What's the worst that could happen? You die, brother, you could die tomorrow. Like who cares? We're all going to die. Every, give it exactly. You. And that's freeing. It's a freeing thought once you embrace it. Give everything you have. And, and that's Dude, it makes it so much more fun. So for me, yeah, 100%, it definitely makes it more fun. And like, I look, man, I get it. It's the same thing with the rule, you know, the, the protesting and other lift rule. I get it. It's it's people will use it because it, and it makes sense. Like, it's totally fine. Coaches, I know so many coaches that that think it's their responsibility to do that. Totally understandable. Totally cool. I get it. Um, and yeah, and it's just, you know, it's just not how I think. I think it's, I think you create a legacy through the passion and through your own personality. You know, like I said, nobody's going to remember how many chips. I don't know how many fucking world championships Ed Cohen has won. I don't even know how many Arnold has won. But I just know Ed Conan, I know Arnold, and I know the legacy they've created, right? And so that was through their story, their brand, who they were, um, and their character kind of showing through, you know? So um, so that's what I kind of care more about. But um, but yeah, I'm probably, I definitely well, should be pulled back sometimes. <laughs> Doug, you, you, um, you know, some people use a fucking hashtag and um, they just use it and, and they're not actually that. But you literally are like the burn your ships mentality of all in all they got to do is listen to one podcast and they would be like oh, this guy 100 actually is like trying, all, man. He, trying he really to is, that. yeah he really is like people think like um when you showed up with the viking hair and it's you know no he really is as passionate he really he's not putting on a show this legitimately he will throw it all away no it was 100 me yeah, i know i know this is what the thing and this is, like, this is what i love about you this is what's like inspiring where you're around a guy like this and you get the energy and you're like yeah fuck yeah let's do something crazy let's go yeah. all in let's go all in with something yeah. i want to like fucking go in on a bad investment with you or something i don't know let's fucking do something crazy right now but um i don't know i get it man and it's uh and, and again, not everybody could do this and not everybody's going to understand it and probably best they didn't. It's not going to work out for everybody that way. Everybody, nobody can 
we don't have those same path. That's for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah. And and there was something else that's gonna we were touching on right there. But I want I want to double back. Oh yeah. So because of South Africa, mm-hmm. or because of Sheffield, sorry, um, a lot of people. I'm I'm not gonna necessarily name names because some people have come out with it and some people have not. Some people have been hinting at it and some people have not. But I could tell you right now, big name coaches and athletes of all over the place are now thinking about Sheffield. Um, and and I'm you know again respecting privacy. But mm. this is, but of course, I think this is fairly obvious. Most people thought this was probably going to happen. Jesus Oliveras was on the on the podcast saying, like, look at I think a lot of these USAPL guys are going to be looking at this like, like he straight up said, you guys put your eggs in the wrong basket. You know, for uh, you guys missed an incredible moment at Sheffield. And um, you gotta go the 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 world championship route, travel, face these judges that are because you know, he faced in South Africa all these calls overturned on, et cetera, comes to Sheffield, goes nine for nine. And the jury that time actually saved him. Um, so, and he's like, I made the proper adjustments and um, and they saved me and here we are. And uh, so he's like, you got to go this route. You got to get yourself tested with these international judges. And then you got to experience Sheffield. And a lot of people now, there's a groundswell of FOMO going on where they're like, fuck me, I missed that. Can I miss it again? What do you think's going to happen now? What would your advice be to people first off and what do you think is going to happen? Oh man, I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice. I I think if I were um, in their shoes, anyone who has not competed at Sheffield, I would try to separate yourself from all the noise, from all the hype around the event, from your your lifters who gas you up all the time and tell you that your squats aren't high. <laughs> separate yourself from everyone and anything, okay? And really be with yourself and think what what do i think i'm capable of have that vision define it and then amplify it by a million right what does that look like for you that's what you that's the direction you go i know a lot of people who lift locally who genuinely have fun and they think to themselves man it'd be so cool to go to arnold or it'd be so cool to qualify for nationals there's a lot of lifters who feel like that who think like that so when they amplify it to them, it's like, oh man, it'd be great to win nationals, right? Then that's the direction they should go. The road to Sheffield is not meant to be easy. It is not. I don't, I don't want to put words in the mouth, uh, in the mouths of my competitors. I don't know how easy it was for them. It is not easy for me, you know? And so I, I do have to work and I do try. And a lot of times I feel like I'm not working hard enough and, and I'm not enough. And I do have that kind of sense of despair sometimes. And and part of that is kind of like the fuel that drives me, but um, I have a fear of being average. For me, all of this stuff pushes me and gives me no choice. I have no choice. What else would there be to do in this sport? So my personal bias is absolutely gun for Sheffield. Go beyond. Think about the Olympics. I mean, we may not be in the Olympics right now, but in my opinion, dude, I don't even see worlds. I don't see Sheffield. If I see anything, I see myself as an Olympian, a first in my family to be a gold medal Olympian. That's what I see myself as. And this is just, these are all just stepping stones, you know? Um, And so that's my vision for myself, or at least a piece of it. So of course, my personal bias is absolutely Sheffield route. I mean, dude, I don't think people understand how massive SBD is and how much they want to do for the sport. Like when you talk to Ben and Pete, bro, like they, you can feel it before a word comes out of their freaking mouth. 
they want this sport to grow, man. And like, take the equipment away, take the money away, take all this stuff. They just like Ben, dude, it was literally just a dream. Like, and anybody who's on the inside knows that this was not like a crazy profit, you know, money-making machine. Sheffield was going to be it. No. That's not what this was, man. They put up a lot of money. Uh, they, they, they did what they had to do to create something that's never been done before. There's, you should respect that. You should appreciate that. Dude, like I'm telling you the experience as an athlete unfucking paralleled. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate world championship com competitions. They suck. They're boring. They play elevator music. It's dull. It's, <sighs> it sucks. It sucks. Honestly, like I'm not trying to shit on it. I'm just, it's just what it is. It's fun in the sense that I get to see my friends and I get to compete with my friends and go to, and you know, go head to head and see what we're made of. And that's awesome. Um, but the Sheffield man is unmatched, unparalleled. They set the precedent. They showed the world what an IPF sanctioned meet could be. They showed the world what it could be. You know, they tested the waters and that's why I'm so excited about it. Um, and so as you know, my personal opinion, absolutely 100% come over, like compete, earn your way to Sheffield. You will not regret it. Um, but that's my personal opinion. Of course, I believe that anybody who's listening is capable of doing that. You have to believe it too, you know? And so if you truly in your heart feel like, no, man, I'm comfortable competing in the States and I want to go to the Arnold and that's your thing, then do it. You know, that's fine. But 1000%, like my bias is Sheffield is the way. Um, Worlds, man, the 76 kilo, 93 kilo class was one of the best sessions I've ever commentated on. It was phenomenal. That was crazy, dog. You could get like, the, the, it gets pretty intense. But um, also, I want to talk to you about the World Games is now going half raw. Um, so it's good. There's going to be a raw division in the World Games. Now, the World Games, for anybody listening, I know you're huge into the Olympics. The World Games happens once every four years, just like the Olympics. Uh, Multi-sport, just like the Olympics. Um, and I mean, there's like an athlete compound, just like the Olympics. Have you seen footage of what, like, just to wrap your head around, Gavin, I know this is going to be huge for you. I want to show you. And anybody listening, I know there's a lot more listeners than our viewers, but if you're on Spotify, we have video on Spotify. These are also on YouTube, much smaller ch channel, but on Spotify, you could watch this. But Gavin, I want to show you what the World Games opening ceremony looks like. And then let's talk up a stitch what the World Games is going to be like. Yep. But one sec here. Welcome to Birmingham. It's like they got in the Olympics where you're cross mingling with whether it's the track or the wrestlers or whoever the hell it is from all over the world. The restaurants and the bars that have been packed. Look at this guy. This is the opening ceremony, my dude. This is done. You imagine your family and friends watching this thing. It now gives me the greatest pleasure In to that declare is, uh, the 22nd is Commonwealth Games Open. That's the thing. 
to respond. Royalty open it up, my dude. Not six pack lapid at. I know that. Look, I know I'm king of lifts. They legit had, um, you know, fucking who was that? Who was that guy? Oh, I don't know. I have Prince no Charles? idea. Charles. <laughs> Anyways, no, um, dude, I hundred percent. I mean that that looks that looks crazy. I, I'm all for just pushing the limits and see um, how far we can go. You know, and and Sheffield was phenomenal. It, and I I knew it was going to be great. Like I went into it knowing they were going to just blow the roof off the place um but yeah that that looks great so when is that what year is that look at you you're already you're like let me see if i i'll be i'll be open but um so they had it i think they had it last year they had it after double check and it was only equipped the next one's gonna have raw as well but in terms of like the feather in the cap moments that you're looking for i know the olympics and you're young enough, God knows when they're going to get an Olympic strength lasts forever. You could be 38. It gets in the Olympics. You could still make it. But can you imagine in terms of the feather in the cap, you want to write a book, you want to do public speaking, what you could do all those things, dude. You got the passion, like an artist to do it. Thank can you. you fucking imagine that? Like you, for yeah. you getting, winning a gold medal on that stage and, and, and being involved in the parade of all the nations on that stage and your family and everyone watching, dude, yeah. I don't know if I, my God, man. No, it would be, it would be incredible. It would be an honor. And that's absolutely. I mean, you know, again, for me, um, I think about just being the best and being a champion and, um, you know, again, pushing myself to see just how far I can go in any discipline, you know, um, for, for this, I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, dude, like I remember walking into the gym like three, four five years ago and seeing, like my, my posts would never get reposted by King of the Lifts and I would listen to the podcast and my name was of course never mentioned and it shouldn't have been, I didn't earn that, you know? Um, and sometimes today I still feel like I, I haven't earned, earned that, but I remember being in those moments thinking like, it, it's going to be my time. It's not a matter of if only a matter of when I just, I have to keep working. I just have to keep getting better. I have to keep, but the vision was always straight to the top. And at that time, I was lifting the same weights as everybody else. There were people that had the same top sets as I did, you know? And um, I'm not saying I've gotten anywhere special. I'm not saying I'm super fucking strong and all this other. Dude, brother, I am, I'm nothing. Like, honestly, like I I keep losing. So that should be, <laughs> that, that should well, be a <laughs> evidence third, I don't know. But, <laughs> but point is, you you look back and you're like, man, dude, you, you show yourself anything's possible. You just, you have to set your mind to it for this man. Absolutely. I mean, if it, if it falls in line with what I believe, um, is meant for me and what I believe, you know, is, is what the people would want. And, you know, if it's something that moves me in the way, absolutely. 100%. And that's something that's a conversation, of course, I'd have with uh, my team and, and, um, and SBD, you know, I'd absolutely talk to them and, and, and see what their thoughts are on that stuff. Of course, as of right now, my goal is to uh, get back to Sheffield, you know, absolutely. Um, and of course, you know, I want to be able to compete at the world championships as much as uh, I'm not, I don't particularly enjoy the elevator music. Um, it is a great atmosphere and it's, it's awesome to be able to dude, be we on. we have a ball. I can yeah, no, it laugh. Is, it is but, but the thing is, dude, what makes worlds fun isn't necessarily like the competition. It's so fast, dude. Like it feels so fast. It's like a two and a half hour, uh, two and a half to three hour meet. And it's like, it just doesn't feel as, as, um, I don't know. It doesn't feel as like, uh, 
as fun. You know, it's definitely very formal, very, very regal kind of, you know, and so that kind of, it's, it feels cold, if that makes sense. It feels very cold. So like the competition itself isn't always like what drives me for that. Now it's different because I go in just purely wanting to push my body and lift, but the fun, the real fun of it is being able to, first of all, you're international, right? But second of all, you're seeing all of these people from all over the world and you're having tons of fun with them and and stuff. And that's where the fun is. But um, yeah, so that, that's well, that's what's next on the horizon. But I definitely would be interested in competing at the World Games and representing my country on a bigger international stage. It, what's going to be exciting is before, so I was around before the IPF went raw and yet the IPF was only equipped and I remember thinking like, man, if you guys go raw, it's going to be like, boom, a huge boom. And the IPF goes raw and the sport literally like exponentially grew. Um, and now the world games, you've seen just in that clip, how huge the world games is. Like that, how many people were in that fucking stadium? We just saw the clip yeah. of like, that's like, like a Super Bowl pack. And the amount of money involved in just what we just saw, the opening ceremonies with the nations all over, it's massive. If we go raw, previously they had equipped lifters going there. And most equipped lifters are from Eastern European nations, much more, much more reserved. The biggest equipped lifting nations are, you know, the Ukraine, et cetera. Just, it's different. We go raw at the World Games on that stage now you bring in Gavin Aiden, Jesus Olivares, Taylor Atwood, you know, you you and Keiko battling, or whoever else comes over from the USAPL, a Bob Matthews. You bring in these fellas on that stage. And are you telling me we won't you seen what we did with Sheffield? Are you telling me we couldn't tell the rest of the world this is something that you want to get behind when everybody's watching? Yeah, man, I know what Raw did, and I know we can do at the World Games. This can be huge change. Yeah. This is a huge deal that the World Games is about to go Raw. And the yeah. doors that could open off this, I hope, I don't like, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's see who, let's see, you, everyone's got to earn their way on. But whoever goes on, give them hell and drop the hammer like Gavin did at Sheffield. <laughs> Because we need them. We, we Let's turn some heads. Let's have every yeah. single person who tuned in walking away like, fuck me, I want to see more. Well, uh, yeah. Right after Sheffield, yeah. and I'm like, ready for Worlds? And I posted that famous the Guns Out pick. You know how many fucking likes you got? When, you know when you scroll down, it's all just those, those hearts, yeah, yeah, yeah. emojis. You know how many I got? And it's off of the strength of Sheffield and how hyped they are. That's the impression we got to give when we go to world, the world games and oh, it absolutely. goes raw. And, and we'll be prepared for it, man. We'll be ready for it. Like I said, we have showmen, we have stars. Like I was talking about this in plenty of table conversations over the weekend in the UK. Like you need stars. You do, you know, the, the reality is you do, but the cool part is if you just believe in people, give them a little, just a little bit of creative license, just a little bit of freedom, let them do their thing. Let us do our motherfucking thing. Like, I, it's just what it, you got to trust me, you know? And if you let me fly off the handle just a little bit, you'll get a return. The difference is it's passion. It's authentic. You know what I mean? It's real. And that's, it's not like we're all trying to be something we're not. That's not it. You know, we're, we're given the environment that we need to flourish. And that's, 
dude, man, like as an athlete, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Like it feels amazing. And I will have 100% faith that whoever comes over, um, would, would vibe naturally. Like it would just, they come right in and it would feel like home. Um, and I think in terms of like the experiences and stuff, dude, you can't get better as a power lifter. I mean, this is it, this is the time it's blowing up. So mm. either you're getting in or you're not, you know what I mean? And like, Again, I do believe it's my responsibility and it's also always been my life's dream, you know, because I think Arnold has always kind of been a massive inspiration for me to create a legacy. And part of that is kind of spearheading the sport in a way, you know, and and I think I'm very far from that, but I'm trying, you know, I'm definitely trying. And and uh and I, I've said this multiple times over the weekend, like I I really wanted people to walk away feeling like they got what they came for and more. You know, the last thing I would have wanted is for somebody, because dude, if I wanted to max out, I can go in my backyard. I don't, I don't need to go halfway across the globe, you know, and compete to, to see if I can squat 740 to depth. You know, I don't need to do that. I did it because one, I want to see if I'm the best compared to everyone else. That's the only way to a standard, right? To a real strength standard. Two, it's a show. I want to put on a show. I want you guys to see it and be like fired up. Like feel like, like do what I want it to be what the shows were for me growing up as a kid. You know, when I would watch the Arnold videos and stuff and see him posing on stage and he looks sick and Franco Colombo and and Mike Metzer and all these guys and they're, they're just killing it. You know, and you got the old audio tapes from Dorian Yates talking about going to absolute failure and, you know, go to failure as if somebody's got a gun to your head. Like that, that's the stuff, man, that drove me, that inspired me. And, and so I want to give that, like we're next up. It's our responsibility. It's on our shoulders. So I want to give that to the younger guys, to, to the to the population who they they maybe have never been exposed to that. I want them to see that and feel that and be a part of it. That way it gets them involved and they get inspired, you know? So yeah, man, it's it's not just a, a performance, it's a show. So, um, and I think we'll be ready for it. Bring me to um, the world games, baby. Bring me to the world games. <laughs> listen, talking about like, you, you talk briefly about like, give people some creativity. I don't I, look at, I, I know there's a lot of other sports out there. I'm sure there's other like stars from these sports, but in, in all of the sports that are below the big, you know, hockey, soccer, American football, basketball, baseball, MMA, boxing in the sports below that. What, what are we, what are we fucking talking about? Like, okay. Cricket in certain spots, but I mean, you know, like the sports on the powerlifting level, who has built what we built off of our stars and what those stars have independently done? I was sitting at a table with you, Penna, Taylor, Leah Bavois, um, Ben. Um, you know, this and this is all afterwards, by the way. So just to prove it was all water of the bridge, we're up for hours talking and looking around that table. You know, Penna and and those and them took over SBD France. And what Penna is talking about, about like, you know, this is the views I get on YouTube and this is the income we get. And this is, you know, his boy Antoine, who's Brutus on, he's got like 2 million TikTok followers and fucking, you, you're listening to what our stars are doing, let alone Joy, whom we met at the Junior Worlds and now is crushing it. Shit, doggy. So happy for her. Yeah. It is insane what she's doing, right? Every now and then I pop in her DMs I'm like, Joy, what the fuck? And she's like, I don't know. It just is what it is. I'm like, well, keep pushing. Had her on the podcast and she's like, I mean, you met her in Turkey, but she could not be a nicer kid. Um, no, super, I say kid, she's super, 18. Super nice. yeah. yeah, she's genuine. And um, look at what we do. Look at what we do from powerlifting to guys like you, Taylor, Russell. 
we can do so like king of this podcast just came up independently man nobody's here's what you got to do young man here's the pathway we just do it and um other sports of our size and our niche don't have infrastructure like this made by just the people participating they just rely on the governing bodies to give them infrastructure or sponsors to come in to do things even SBD is just fucking Benjamin Banks with a vision. And within like 10 years time, my man just blew it up. Like it's all look what and, and SBD is like, is us. It's not Coke coming in or Pepsi. SBD is Benjamin Banks just taking this fucking thing and running with it and just built an empire out of it. Like this is, he's one of us. He's not one of these big corporations that came in from the outside. Look what we've done. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so in terms of like, when you talk about, you know, all we need is just a little bit of literally a little creative wiggle room and trust. There's no crowd. I trust more than powerlifters saying, and it's funny to say, I know, but like anyone outside the sport wouldn't get it. It is. We are so fucking lucky to have the people we have. Look at fucking Lane Norton. You know, you met him yeah. at PA Dads, who like the like you awesome, quickly man. could be a friend. He's an amazing guy. Well, look at these guys, man. Omar, Eric. Fucking, it's crazy what we do. It's crazy what we put together. No other niche sport has this. The depth yeah. of it, the depth of talent of creativity and, and doing what we're doing. Who well, I wanna that? I wanna say though, too, it's not just us, it's the people, it's the fans, it's the people that support, the people that watch. And what's what's mm. interesting about the powerlifting community, it's which I don't know if I could say for any of the others, is the people who watch are also the people who compete. You yeah. know, the people who who are fans of the sport, who show up to the Sheffield to watch it, also train, also compete. They're in it themselves. And so, like the NFL, how many how many people in the in the stands are NFL athletes, right? So, like, but yet for the IPF. You could have people from a local level all the way up to the world level who are all a part of the same federation. We all do the same thing. And so therefore we all have an appreciation for each other, you know? Um, and, and that's the cool part about this sport. So we wouldn't be able to, we would do nothing. You know, I'm just some kid who lifts, who has some passion, who posts some content. And I'm just, I try and be as authentic as, as possible. I just try and be me, you know? Um, and I have purpose behind why I do what I do, but it would all be meaningless if it fell on deaf ears, you know, if it, if it, if people didn't give a shit and, and people do, you know, and so the, really the credit and the honor goes to them. Like we wouldn't, Sheffield would be nothing if there were no spectators. We have over 230,000 views on YouTube it's alone. The it, it's we so, would, I mean, dude, it's, it's the people, man. It's the people. So yeah, hundred percent. I think when I say know, we, I mean the, the community as a whole though. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I was listing people, but I don't mean just those people. I mean, literally like as a, community as a whole powerlifting is i know like i'm in it so i'm biased obviously but powerlifting as a whole as a community it's fucking special there's something different man there's oh, other yeah. like like i was talking to people i'm like do you think like find a sport in the olympics that would be equivalent size do you think fucking water polo has a community like powerlifting you know what's another sport name a sport that's powerlifting ish yeah size but that, that's also on the rise the way powerlifting is bro. there, like, there is no other sport like us with a yeah. community like ours there just yeah. is well the only the only thing i can think of that isn't obviously it's not in the olympic is like bodybuilding you know like the but again mm. it's another lifting style sport right it's extremely accessible crossfit yeah crossfit but yeah and, and but that's it like it's it's yeah i completely agree it, it's it's uh when it comes to our community, that's why when, when we talk big about what the sport might be in like five, 10, 20 years, um, 
I am more optimistic just because I see how different this is. You can see the groundswell. It's like bound to happen. Somebody's going to emerge amongst us, like another Benjamin Banks style dude who's just going to go even further. There's people are emerging from this community from everywhere. Somebody's going to emerge. And um, and I'm gonna fucking latch onto their back and ride their coattails like you ain't never seen Playboy. All right, I don't know where he's coming from or she's coming from, but uh, well, we maybe find it's, maybe it's Joy. Okay, she's it eighteen. Might, it, might, it might be, dude. By it the time be. Joy's thirty, I, I got to keep in contact with that young lady. Yeah, but dude, uh, she's she's crushing it, man. I'm super super stoked for her. That's awesome, dude. She gained like a million followers in in like in like the fall. She forget about TikTok. <laughs> forget about TikTok. TikTok is is what it is. Instagram, she's at like six hundred forty thousand right now, bro. No, no, it's, she's got to be more. Hold on, let me see on that. Instagram. Let me see. Let me Maybe, see. It might be at six sixty. It's, Hang it's on. Crazy. I think you want to cut in. I think I, and see Joy. See, see how he's gonna do you and watch how I'm gonna <laughs> watch how I'm gonna stick up for you. For those of Joy, you guys who are listening, okay, she's six hundred. What is it? Joy Sestina. That's her at uh it's or no, it's well, Joy Joy's Joy Joy's fitness, fitness yeah, yeah. underscore. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, she's at six hundred thousand. Okay, right, so right. I gassed her up. Yo, get fuck out of here, bro. You guess you gassed her up. I said six forty say- at first. <laughs> But um, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's awesome. I mean, that's what the sport needs, though. Like, that's what people got to understand. And I think SBD does a good job of valuing that. Um, People got to understand that, like, you know, to fill the stands, to fill the seats, to get the eyeballs on YouTube watching the live stream, you need us. You do. You you need us. We are the marketing. We are the branding. We are the reason. You know, and it's just, I get it. There are new athletes every gen. Uh, tomorrow somebody come out of the wood i get it but they ain't me and they ain't joy it's what it is we are building something Hmm. um and it goes far beyond just us you know what i mean so like again man i i I can't stress it enough like it's the fans and it's what we're doing as a community but more so as athletes to push the growth of the sport bro i think if we all can move together like a train you know if we can all just chug along together Man, dude, it will be unstoppable. I think the sport will absolutely be unspo- uh, unstoppable. What I do like is that Sheffield was a showcase of like, like, like the road to Sheffield series they did. And it was like Gavin versus, you know, is individuals versus individuals. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's why when people were taking to the platform and it showed your videos and like Delaney's doing his damn thing and, you know, <laughs> it's like only Delaney could do. And, um, it was, it showed some personality there. Um, and who knows, man, maybe by year three, four, whatever, you could do the the next slit. And yeah, 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 yeah. You come on, you come on the stage, same braided hair, but now you got blood. I know. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was like, hmm, how am I going to top what I did at Sheffield? Dude, so it's, now, the, now it's, now it's, it's the, it's the, it's the war paint. It's the blood on the chest. I know. It's, 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 it's everything, man. It's, I know. uh, you're coming, uh, you're, you're walking in there and in your belt, they're like, does he have a, Small knife tucked into his. <laughs> is that an axe? Is, it, is that an axe tucked into his belt? <laughs> it's like, yeah. and you're like that. Pass equipment check. I just want that noted. That's an Alico axe. It's a Alico branded blade. Yeah, but, yeah um, no, it, it, we'll we'll think of something. I already got some ideas, but it's uh, it's cool, man. It's good because I think it's exciting. You know, we got people talking. You know, and that's that's what we need. That's that is what we need. We need people talking. We need to give people stories. You know, it's part of the brand, and that's. Again, it's it's just what makes things more fun. Like it just makes things more fun, you know. And so I hope people are enjoying it, man, because we are we are trying. And I know SPD worked their asses off. Obviously, 
invested tons of money to make it happen. But those videos, I mean, every, I don't think people realize like they're international, right? Like you've got, like in the US, we take it for granted. Oh, we need a videographer. We need a photographer. Okay. Like Sierra, she works with, uh, I think her Instagram is Calvary. She's phenomenal. She works with me, Taylor. She does Delaney. my reels now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, she's Some... awesome, man, right? She's local. So she's like an hour away. Bro, you're talking about like New Zealand or Japan. You first got to find somebody, communicate, you know, over to them, get them to go over, film. It, it's a process, man. So it's, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, you know, I know maybe some people, you know, Every, there will always be people to throw stones, but um, just like how I say when it comes to like athletes and giving them the benefit of the doubt on the platform when it comes to their attempts, just as the rule book says, I think it's important that referees, judges, everybody, we all have an appreciation for what each person is doing. The only way you can really get that is if you kind of try to experience it yourself a little bit, but the cheat way to do it is just take a second Think about it in your head. Close your damn eyes. Think about it in your head. Okay, what would it feel like to be in their shoes? How hard is it to do that? And would I be willing to do that myself? You know, and and when you do that, you kind of have this sense of gratitude and appreciation for every single person involved and every moving piece that has to align. And and that's why I think Sheffield was so amazing, you know, and I'm so excited for what's to come because I know how much went into this and how much love and passion was poured into this, you know, by everybody involved. Dude, I I mean, I I know you know, but like talking to guys like like I, we we mentioned Pete Ben, but like even Justin. And he went like three days without sleeping. He worked. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, oh, I'm like, we, we, us filming that like three minute intro took forever, by the way, because we filmed like, we're filming in several different locations for whatever. And just like in a show or a movie, when it takes like three hours to get three minutes, it really is that by the, like, that's where they're at as well. And then afterwards, when, when we're finally done, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I have like, the, he would go to sleep at like six in the morning wake up at like eight, turn it around and keep it pushing. Like th this is, it's insane what guys like that do. That's why like, yeah, like for sure show appreciation with, yeah. you know, I know you do, but like for anyone listening, um, it takes a crazy amount of work by everybody. Um, do you want to play the name game, sir? Of course. Of course we could do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do just, we just got to be a little careful. <laughs> but hey, not, you, you say Don't get me in want. trouble now. You know I mean? you, <laughs> it depends. Depends where your mood's at. I, yeah, it really does. You know, it, it's funny. It really does. <laughs> What's today? Okay. Friday? I had SPD today. Oh man. I don't know. My body's a little beat up. Hopefully you get a raw form. I don't know. The thing is <laughs> like, hopefully you're a little tired, but you had some passion earlier. Yeah, <laughs> we both we both did, dude. But um, let's not get ourselves in trouble. Okay, um, we'll start it off uh, an obvious one. Jonathan Keiko. Respect, absolutely, just respect. Uh, lots of respect uh, for him for his work um, and for everything that he gives to the sport and for his competition, of course, because it, it pushes me to be better. Jesus Oliveras. Love, man. I, I I love Jesus. I love his brothers. Um, they treated me like family. And, um, you know, he may not know this, but I, I mean, I really do admire, I don't put him on a pedestal. I admire him for who he is and what he's been doing, not just for the sport, but for himself, but also as a man. Um, I know he's a man of faith as well. And I, I do look to him a lot for, you know, for inspiration, but also almost like, um, just as like a, a brother, kind of almost like a, like a friend, you know, like a really close friend that, you know, you use to kind of hold yourself accountable and keep yourself to a specific standard. You know, he's, he's that for me in some ways, um, from afar sometimes too, but you know, he really is. So I, I have a lot of love for Jesus. He's also the strongest motherfucker in the world. So legit know. of all time, <laughs> um, Taylor Atwood. Oh, my boy. Um, 
I'm going to say Captain America because that's like the first thing that comes to mind. Um, but he's a leader, man. He's a leader. I think that's the best way uh, to describe him. I think people don't quite understand what goes into um, creating what he's created. I mean, you know, he's a little older. He works a full-time big boy job. You know, he's got a lot of responsibility. He has a child, um, a, a wife. He's got a family, man. You know, he's he's got, and he's trying to do the content stuff. He's got sponsors. He's got all this stuff. Um and yet still, you know, manages to to be a top dog. And so um, I think he composes himself really well. He, I think he's a leader, man. He's a leader. Brendan Petrie. Oh, man. I want to say love as well. I just don't want to like keep using the same words. It's hard not to. I have a lot of love for Brandon. I've only had a few conversations with him, honestly. Um, but I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of respect for people who, who stand their ground, um, but with good intention, if that makes sense, who can own their mistakes, who can, and I'm not saying he's made mistakes, but can own who they are for everything, the flaws, the good stuff, the bad stuff, everything. Um, and that inspires me in a lot of ways. Again, similar to Jesus, uh, he's, he, he's a man of faith, you know, and that that's really inspiring for me. Um, but he's, he's, honestly the man like when i see him i just see kind of like a positive light and I, I really am rooting for him he's obviously extremely extremely strong um but i think and i think this is the theme here that people probably are noticing is uh, i don't think really strength has anything to do with the barbell you know at some point it, it, all of it it's just numbers you know it's so much more than that it's the character of the, of the person who's lifting you know not the weight that they're lifting and so um from what i've seen so far and like all my experiences with brandon He's somebody who has really, really strong character. Um, and uh, and I cannot wait to see what he does. I think he's competing again in like nine weeks. Um, I'm very excited to see his comeback. Um, you know, we fall so we can rise. And I, I know that that's how he's he's thinking and that's how he feels. And I, I believe in him, you know, so I want the best for him. And um, yeah, man, I have a lot of love and respect for him. And he's um, he's definitely given me some love as well. And And I really appreciate that because, you know, I think what's cool about being at the level that we're at here is that, like the one of the my greatest memories in powerlifting or just in lifting in general was when the first time Ashton Ruska ever reached out to me it was in the DMs and it was after the 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 raw nats experience and I had the I might have had the opportunity to compete at worlds which obviously we ended up having that opportunity and long story short he basically was like look man you know I'm pretty impressed with with who you are I think you have you have what it takes to go to the t to get to the top I hope that you seize the opportunity when it comes essentially is what he said. I have the screenshots for all that stuff. And at the time, and still to this day, really, he's like one of the only lifters who I truly just have so much, like he genuinely inspires me so much. Um, and I have so much love and respect for him that that meant the world to get that from him. Um, and so it's kind of like that when, when, when Brandon and I have conversations, it kind of feels like that, you know, it's almost like an acknowledgement of your own. And it, it means something because I know how hard we all work to be here. Um, yeah, so I know it's a long-winded answer, but I, I have a lot of love and respect for for Brandon. Russell or he? Again, I have a lot of respect for what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I I don't I know that there's been like a lot of drama recently and stuff. Um, I try to stay in my lane. You know, I've tried to kind of evolve <laughs> as a as a as a young man. Um, I stay in my lane, man, and I just I really try and focus all my energy on what I'm working on and what I'm trying to build. Um, and as I've said before, I am filled with tons of fucking flaws. And so who am I to judge? You know, I, I really don't know what's going on and I don't know much about the drama and stuff, but I think people forget what he's built. Um, he has absolutely spearheaded the culture in terms of 
powerlifting, raw powerlifting, and has blew up the sport. Like I think if you were to say that he hasn't played a hand in that, I think you'd just be blind and, and deaf. You know, like the reality is he's absolutely played a role in growing the sport, which is a positive. That's a plus, right? Whether you like him or you don't, he's grown the sport. He's pumped more money into the sport. I mean, he owns a very successful business, um, GBT. And so, you know, as far as I'm concerned, in a way, he's providing something, you know, he's making a positive impact on people who, who buy anybody who buys that stuff, they're doing it for a reason, you know? So, um, so I think you have to kind of respect almost like you have to respect it, like period. You know, I personally, I've, I, I like him a lot. Like he's always been very, very nice with me. Obviously I think people hate to admit it, but he is one of the best in the world. Like he, he is until somebody dethrones him. Like, this is what the thing, man, everybody keeps talking all this freaking shit, man. Do something about it. Yeah, you're tired of him being the best? Then go fucking do something about it. Like, that's what I'm here to do. I hope he comes to the IPF. I hope he does what he's got to do in the 83s. Maybe he'll come up to 93. Maybe I'll go down to 83. Taylor will come up to 83. We can all hash it out. I think that'd be awesome. That'd be amazing. But I can't I can't complain about, like, it, you see what I'm saying? Like, I just, it bothers me that people, because I know a lot of people throw shade at everyone in the sport who seems to be doing, like, better, you know? Um, I just, I don't think we're all perfect enough to judge each other to that degree, you know, and more importantly, I think it is fair to say to give credit where credit's due. He is one of the best in the world at what he does. He's probably uh, arguably one of the most uh, successful powerlifters financially. Um, and if we're talking about social media value, definitely social media value as well out of all of the powerlifters, right? Um, especially on the tested side. So again, I think it's only fair to, to respect that. And I think, um, yeah, like I said, I have a lot of respect and I've learned a lot from him over the years, you know, uh, but I, I have a lot of respect for what he's building and what he has built. Joey Flex. And I hope to compete against him again one day. Um, who would you say? Joey Flex? Joey Flex. Um, you know, similar situation. I mean, I, I really don't, um, I don't have anything negative to say. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I've kind of stayed out of a lot of the drama and stuff. I, you know, um, Joey Flex, because a lot of people don't know this, Joey Flex was my very first powerlifting coach, um, you know, and I had stopped working with Joey uh, after my second meet. And that's when I had started working with Alex. And this, I think, was probably back in 2019 or 2020, something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've, I've had a previous relationship with Joey to that degree, but, you know, I, I really don't know him that well. And, um, you know, I've competed against him multiple times. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really have anything negative or positive to say. I think similar to, to Russ, I think it'd be kind of asinine to deny, um, the impact he's had on the sport, you know, whether you think it's net positive or net negative, there has been an impact. And I think he has helped grow the sport, you know, um, and I don't, I definitely would not want to take that away from him. And I, and I do, um, you know, I don't know too much about like the business side of how he scales and how he does things, but my close friends, Jesus, Isaac, Mikey, you know, these are guys who are coaches under flex. And, you know, to me, that's special. You know, he's given them to some degree an opportunity to feed their family, you know, and that's something, whether or not we could sit here and argue whether or not they'd be able to do that on their own anyway, it's still, the reality is they are flex coaches. And so because of that, you know, you have to, I, I, I respect that, you know, I do respect them. Um, I just respect the business and I respect that stuff, but yeah, nothing, you know, neither negative or, or positive. I think, you know, we, we shared some conversations, uh, over in, in England and I look forward to competing against his athletes again. Ben escrow. Um, I mean, 
he's he's tall you know he's taller than me um you know uh it's it's tough for me obviously because you know i'm still not sure how i feel about things i think you know um unfortunately i have heard some things after the fact of you know some people telling me about some things that have been said behind closed doors not necessarily from ben but just from tsg as a whole about me and stuff and you know it's it's unfortunate it is what it is um you know i'm very grateful here's what i'll say i'm very grateful for ben um he was my coach at one point and i think he he did really care about me as an athlete when i was his athlete and i think if if TSG didn't care about me as an athlete, they wouldn't have let me go. You know, they would have just like kind of let me hold on and, you know, and just keep me injured forever kind of thing. Um, but they did care about me. They wanted to see me grow at least probably in those moments. And, you know, and that's, and that's why they probably let me go because they knew that we were just weren't going to be the right fit, you know? And so, and I appreciate that and I respect that and I'm grateful for that. So yeah, I learned a lot uh, from Ben and I, oh, and I will say this, I fucking love Ben's uh, pre-workout from Elemental Formulations. Phenomenal. Like phenomenal, phenomenal supplement. Um, I, I really do like it. So um, yeah, like a, what's I your promo free, code by the way? Free, free, free promo, bro. I don't have a fucking code, dog. <laughs> well, that's no, actually res- pretty respect. Respectfully, I don't think he can that. afford me. But <laughs> respectfully, I don't think he can afford me. But regardless, I think it's a phenomenal <laughs> product. Um, I'm sorry, Ben. I had to throw that in there. But but um, no, I I think it's a phenomenal product. I use it all the time. I use it at Worlds. I just ordered like two more tubs. Um, so I think he's doing a great job with that. And obviously he's a great coach because he coaches some great athletes. Um, and a lot of people have a lot of respect for him. He does crazy game day handling. I think he's handling lane again. Um, so, you know, so look, he's established, man. He's smart. He's established. He's a great coach. Um, he was nothing but nice to me in person, you know, like really genuinely, like he, he was the bigger man in some of those situations where I wanted nothing to do with him. And, and he knew that and he understood that and he didn't take that personally. He, he talked it, we talked it through, you know, and I have to respect that, you know? Um, so I am, I am very grateful for that. And at least in person face to face, you know, we've had some very good conversations and I, you know, like I said, I, I, um, although he wants to protest my lifts, you know what? It's, it's, it's all right. It's, it's, it's fine. Now I know what to expect. You know what I mean? I'll say, exactly. I'll say this. Um, I talked to Ben uh, about you, just me and him, and he he was 100% nothing negative and was like, only on sports, you guys do not see eye to eye on that. But in terms of like you, he does not have anything personal against you. And he 100% was like, I want to talk to Gavin later. And he ended up talking to you later that night again in the lobby. That was afterwards. I already talked to him. Whatever you alluded to earlier about like discussion behind, take it with a grain of salt because no, yeah, absolutely. some yeah. people, I also even talk to like some people, if someone says something like, I don't like that Gavin did this or did that. They might be echoing what you already said about your own actions, but doesn't mean their wholesale take on you is offensive towards Gavin. They might be like, no, I like Gavin. I wanted to be good with him. Um, we had a hot moment. It might be literally someone repeating something they said in regards to a hot moment, but I could tell you straight up, and I know you like, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you. Um, he wasn't, he, he was talking to me about it and he was not like on a personal level. He was Full on, you guys don't agree on sporting level. They and that's just you gotta agree to disagree. But in terms of you, he was like, yes, he could fucking sit down. We all at the dinner table, have dinner, drinks, the whole nine. And you yourself were like later on, like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. If we're all going to the same place, we're all no, going to the same yeah, place. 100%. It's not that, just so you know. 
anyways, that was my just. No, so- yeah, yeah. And I've dude, like I said, man, it's, 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 you've teeter on this line, obviously, but like the reality is, man, I'm sure there have been plenty of times when I've said something that either I shouldn't have, or that might've been, you know, could have been interpreted as disrespectful, or maybe just straight up was disrespectful. Um, you know, and so, and I, like I said, I recognize that man. And like, again, um, you know, I, I'm still kind of working through, you know, what I believe truly happened, you know, at Worlds. Again, man, it's just because it's so tough to accept that, you know, it was overturned justly. Of course, no athlete will want to accept that. Um, but I just, again, because of the South Africa experience, and I knew that that squat was was cut high, like I felt that. But this one, it like I felt that it wasn't, you know, it just, again, because of all that stuff, it's just so hard to accept that. But that's my own problem. You know, I don't, like I said, I don't direct that at Ben or Taylor or Jason or TSG as a whole. It doesn't matter. You know, it's, and again, at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to be undeniable. Um, ben absolutely did. And like, dude, like I was, I was even in the drug testing. Like I saw Ben, he was sitting with Leah and he was like, I need to talk to you. He was like, yeah, I'm going to take this drug test and then we can fucking talk. Like I was still pissed, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but at least he's a yet, man about it. I love that he's a oh, man absolutely. about it. Yeah, it will yeah, talk absolutely. to you and actually genuinely wants to talk to you. Both of them did. Yeah. Jason and, and, and Ben, both of them. Yeah, absolutely, man. And like, and I know I'm not, I can be hard to deal with, especially like if in those moments when, yeah, like a hundred percent. And he was, and he was totally understanding of like where I was coming from in terms of how I felt that it was personal, like how I felt that it would be disrespectful to me and how this was more than just like you trying to win or whatever. Like I, you know, and I was voicing that, but I also made sure he understood too. Um, the idea that like, it's, I didn't, I don't mean it personally. Like, I know it sounds really weird to say, but like, I'm not attacking Ben Esgro. I'm attacking the behavior in that moment of what that was, you yeah. know? It could have been anybody, you know, it just happened to be Ben, you know, and it wouldn't have been anybody else. Flex team would have protested it. I'm sure, you know, any of them would have protested it, you know? And so, um, it's not really Ben. It's just, it's what the act action itself was that I was frustrated with and felt disrespected by or whatever. Um, but yeah, man, but he is definitely taller than me. Every time I was talking, I kind of had to <laughs> yeah, damn, my he's, neck. Dude, he's a giant in powerlifting and it should be outlawed. <laughs> if you're over six feet, you're not in the warm up room. It's not here. It's not allowed. And- he does have nice shoes though. He's got nice shoes. shoes, I look at, I love all you guys. That's why I'm fucking like, I, I I hope everybody gets along, but everyone does. Um, next one, Matt Gary. Oh, legend. I think he's a legend of the sport. Him and his wife are both amazing people. So sweet. Um, very supportive. And, uh, you know, and I've learned so much from, I bought his ebook. Um, I, I, I've learned so much from him and, um, he genuinely just loves the sport. He just loves freaking powerlifting man he's not in it for anything other than that and like that's so cool to see you know it's so cool to be a part of and i have so much uh respect for him and admiration for him and um it's just awesome like his his wife uh Susie, she had you know offered before like way way before anything like really came out before i was able to ask alex to be to handle me she had asked you know if i needed a handler she would be there you know kind of thing which is just sweet you know it's very nice of her to do that um so yeah, man, they're they're the dynamic duo. They are they're very very just a powerful force in powerlifting. I'm I'm grateful to have them in my life. Yeah, you um, you want to talk about look at game day handling ruthless too. They will eat your food, and they it's a whole another. They are a whole another level of handling. Um, but yeah, uh, how about oh, another Ben, Benjamin Banks. Oh my gosh, dude, what a what a G. 
absolute unit that guy um i just love being around him because like he's he's kind of quiet yeah. you know but yeah. i but sometimes he'll give you like he'll laugh and like he'll give you these hints of like yeah you're not you don't sound completely stupid so you can keep going kind of thing and it's and it's awesome like i i dude man i think ben is such a great guy and like i was i was telling um i don't know him that well obviously i've only been lucky enough to have a couple conversations with him um but he's the one thing that i i will say that i just love about him he's extremely receptive like extremely receptive to everyone around him like dude i have a million ideas every second you know and i talk out of my ass all the time and who am i you know and yet he was still receptive to me you know which i really do appreciate like it felt like he was kind of like one of us so to speak um and and i really do appreciate that because i think it you know it makes me feel valued but it also kind of teaches me that you can be in this position you can be responsible for so many people and for the success of so many things and still be grounded, you know, and still be a part of the family. Like you can do that. And that was something that I hadn't seen, you know, because I'm used to the cutthroat industry of brand deals and how everything works kind of behind closed doors and, and all that. So that's what I'm used to. Um, and you know, you kind of always have to like read the contract, look at the four walls of the con and make sure your ass is cut, you know, all that stuff with Ben, it doesn't feel like that. And I really appreciate that, you know, and, and I also really love, First of all, from a business perspective, you know, I would love the opportunity to sit with him even for just 20 minutes and just interview him, just ask him questions about how he's done what he's doing. Um, but you have to respect it, you know, what he's been able to do for the sport, what he's been able to do with SBD, what he's been able to do with all of us athletes as a result. We would not have had this opportunity had it been for SBD, you know, and so... Yeah, man, I have a lot of respect, love, and appreciation for everything he's doing. And like I said, I think he's extremely receptive and he doesn't have to be, you know, he does not have to be as nice as he is. And yet he is, you know, and that's like, it's just so cool, man. It it really is cool to have, um, at least in, in those moments, have access to somebody like that. You know, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's uh yeah, there's moments where in terms of like guidance or advice or whatever, it's, it's, he's a hell of a hand to have if you're sitting at that table um and and yeah it's pretty cool when you like stay up like one of the nights we were at that table just stayed up pretty flipping late and just shooting the shit talking about powerlifting or talking about whatever just joking around and the whole time and yeah you were tossing out ideas and he will hang out he's one of us though he yeah. is legitimately one of us who who had a vision and made it happen and it is just like how did you do this that's why when he's at the table, it's like, how did you do this? But you do get the impression. He is just like us. Yeah. He just, I don't know. It, no, it's interesting cool. when you get close to somebody like that, huh? Yeah. Where it's oh, like, how did you make this happen? Absolutely. What happened? How crazy is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, Last one. Delaney Wallace. Oh my gosh. Come on. <laughs> Man's a fucking uh, man's a fucking ballerina at this point, bro. The guy's dancing every five seconds. Bro. I had to give you a softball one down the middle. You and Delaney are like an amazing. You guys need a uh, reality TV it's, series, dude. It's funny because we're like we're so different yet we're so similar in yeah. so many ways. Like we both think like the same way, but like our approaches are just different. Like I'm in the back, like like Taylor's like vibing. Like you could tell he's just vibing. I'm in the back, like either I'm just like super chill, like laughing with people and shit, or if I'm getting ready, I'm like getting amped up, you know, Delaney's just fucking dancing the entire time. And I'm like, like, he'll be like, bro, I literally was thinking, I was like, bro, 
what the fuck are you doing? This dude was just like freaking getting into it in the warm up room, and it's like third attempt deadlifts is coming or deadlifts are coming up, and I'm like, bro, man, you got to get serious, dog. But this is him. It's just what he does. He felt loose. He felt good, and yeah, he's my boy, man. I have um, I I love him, man. I, I really do. Like, there are very few people in your life who genuinely want the best for you, who genuinely root for you, um, who aren't going to talk about you, you know, when you aren't there, and like, and that's. That's him, man. He's one of those people. Like he genuinely just is him and Taylor. You know, I, 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 I really appreciate his friendship. Um, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. I think he's just getting started. I think you know, um, he's he's gone through the trenches to earn his place as an eighty-three mm. in this sport. And I think you and I both know that. You know, um, and it's it's a tough act to follow or compete with when you have someone's legacy like Russ. You know, like it, it is tough. Hack and Russ, really, right? So, you know, and Delaney is, I don't see anybody else really taking that shot. I don't, you know, it, it, and I want more people to do that, but legitimate shots, I haven't seen it yet. And so you have to respect it. You have to fucking respect it. And um, yeah, man, Delaney is, he's one of those guys that like you can count on, you know what I mean? You can really count on, he's my boy. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, he's he's funny. He's so funny. He will say some things, man, and you're like, dude, where the fuck? Like, he'll just, yeah, he's he's funny. I hope everyone, he's one of those characters that, like, just kind of lights up a room, and I hope I hope everyone gets a chance to meet him because he's great, man, and I, I do think he deserves what's coming to him. He's the world's strongest accountant, so. You're damn right he is. And um, to your point, like, yeah, there's a lot of good 83s, but he had Russell Orhees' record like two inches in away. the palm of his hands, dude, two inches away, dog passes up to his thighs. Yeah. And it was like, Holy fuck. He might actually like, who would have thought like, that's how close he came to Russell to like, yeah. if Russell's not in his a game, there it is. He's pulling for, if, if oh, Russell yeah. was there that day, he would have need, needed to have been as strong as he ever was in his life to have beaten Delaney and Delaney still would have been two inches away. Like Russell would have been in the back watching it out on the monitors like holy fuck and we would know, all been talking about it do you know what what lift what how much weight was that third pull what was that um i mean i could look at i'll pull it up right now because i know that he he pulled 750 in training and it was like an rp9 you know like like he had an extra rep almost it looked like with that um it was a it, three okay no wait second 330 was a second he missed 337.5 okay Okay. So it's so slightly under less. Seven, yeah. Sure. So like, it, should, it should have been there for sure. I wonder what happened. I know he was upset after for sure, obviously, but um, similar to like my squat, look, you have to, this is like, this is textbook. This is day one stuff. If you're trying to be great, you have to learn to compartmentalize. You have to learn to let go. You just do. Use certain things as fuel, absolutely, but you have to learn to detach yourself so you can keep moving forward. The best analogy I can give is burning off dead wood. You have to. You have to burn off pieces of yourself, old pieces of yourself, if you want to be grown anew. Like, it's just what it takes, you know? If you want to rise up, you have to fall to ashes at some point, and that's... that's man it's 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 tough and it sucks it feels like you get punched in the mouth but then you're better for it you're stronger for it you learn from it you keep fucking going and it creates a great story it creates a phenomenal story i mean delaney had that shit in his fucking hands everybody was talking everybody was saying oh he doesn't deserve it he's not this he's not a if russ was there to okay you sure because he fucking did it yeah. and not only did he like he missed that third but he still ended up with a pr total 835 yeah 
Which but, what was the Carpino score that people had to hit at nationals? Eight twenty five point five. Okay, he's so, a so beyond that. Yeah. come on, dog. Like you see what I'm saying? So look, I he's my boy. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm gassing him up a little bit, but like anybody who's saying you know he you know he doesn't deserve to because I know what's going around. We both know what's going around. You just it goes in one ear and out the fucking other. It's fueling him because I'm telling you, man. He he's he's earning his place, man. He's earning his place among the greats, and. Uh, Listen, like as far as I'm concerned, he's more of a legitimate, you know, true, true world champion than I am. I just have a junior world title. He's got an open world title, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what more What more can I really say, you know, in terms of his performance? But I think he's, yeah, I think he's, I think the best is yet to come. And I know he's, he's hungry. So in terms of, you had said something about Delaney. Here's like, in terms of genuine people, um, Del Delaney is like, I, it would fucking kill me if i heard delaney said something negative about me because he would never and if he said it it was probably true delaney is such a good person it would kill him to say something negative about one of his friends but like he's such a genuine good person i would automatically assume his heart was in the right place i'm not saying he's infallible but I'm just yeah. saying when you get close to him, you know, like he just isn't the guy who he will always try to go out of his way to do the right by you. And like, if someone's like talking shit, I don't, I'm not talking about sports, like sports, whatever you get, you go at Delaney's numbers. He goes at yours. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, uh, character wise, if someone actually was close to Delaney and was like, guy's a dick or that guy, whatever, I'd be like, there's something fucking know. wrong with you. Yeah. There, you yeah. don't know Delaney or what the fuck? Like yeah. I, I could never be silent in that situation. No, dude, I, I literally have been there physically can think of a moment when I was sitting at the table and, and Taylor was not there. And like, you know, somebody tried to speak on something about, and, and Delaney wasn't like, don't talk about my boy that, but he was 1000%. Like we were like, we were just, I could feel it. He was in a position where he was like, no, man, like, I don't, I don't think you're seeing that the right way. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying, you know, but, but I don't think that that's, you know, that's the right, that's not, you know, like, and he was, he was defending tail. Like, that's what it was, you know? And so, and I saw that, like, I was just, I mean, it was like fucking four or five in the morning. I'm like half dead, but I heard it, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, like it's, it's, I'm telling you, I can attest to it 1000%. You know, I don't know about obviously other people's experiences, but as far as I'm concerned, like he's, he's hundred percent like when you're his boy you're his boy and it means something and he's such a nice guy though like he um he's always a positive dude like he's he's yeah. just a he you know certain people you have around you you have them around you and they're gonna affect your mood and either which way they can bring you down because they're always talking shit there's always something negative there's always what some drama that they're into and they want to bring it up and get spicy or whatever the shit and you're like, fuck, this is kind of wearing on me the more I hang around you. Like, I actually need a little bit of space around from certain people because afterwards, you it drains you a little bit, man. You feel like you you leave the conversation and you're thinking about that kind of shit. You're like, damn it, they kind of like that. I don't. When I leave the conversation, I'm still thinking about some of this bullshit. When you hang around Delaney, it's like fucking, it's like hanging around. It's like watching those puppy videos on Instagram, doggy. Yeah. I leave like, like it's crazy. He's yeah. he is the dude salsing in the back and whatever. I don't give a fuck if it's cheesy. It's amazing, man. It makes you feel good just hanging around. And his parents, 
um are like the nicest people he's talking about yeah, his, his group chat so with sweet, his family yeah. and i'm like fuck it's probably the most wholesome group chat you ever heard in your life man yeah, yeah. i got to meet his sister but I, i've met his mom before and just dude so his sweet, parents so they would see me in south africa at like the all you can eat buffet at lunch and be like ryan in call how you do how was that safari young man and talking <laughs> to me I'm like this guy's out of a tv show they're so nice yeah. um and your dad dude i've met your dad a couple times now First off, I fucking really like your dad. Uh, he's uh, like a <laughs> seriously, he's a funny dude. Um, and I see where you get like some of your humor. And remember when we were in Sheffield, I was talking to your dad. I don't know, I can't remember what he said, but I'm like, holy shit, I feel like I'm talking to like an older yeah. Gavin. It's like looking at Gavin in the future, and he yeah. looks like you, has the mannerisms <laughs> of you, and started talking just kind like you do. And it was like, holy shit. Yeah. Now I know where Gavin gets it from, man. And you telling me about your dad, like, like, or not you telling me, sorry, me seeing the road to Sheffield story about your parents and what they made out of themselves. Um, fuck, man. Now yeah. I know why you, the inner belief thing, your dad made something out of himself. Like he is like a, a successful man. Who's like a, a funny, confident. He, he was walking to a powerlifting competition on the other side of the world. And like, he is a confident dude. You can just tell by the way he carries himself. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. um, your sister's shy. She, yeah, she she's, shy. <laughs> but your dad and you, I can see where you get it from, man. Yeah. Um, he's no, a good I'm, dude. I'm, I'm lucky, man. I'm blessed. Like my, I'm kind of balanced out, you know, between my mom and my dad and, and, um, I'm man, dude, like, I, I can't stress it enough. I'm so fucking grateful. So blessed. Like there are people who forget about, you know, maybe even having both parents in the picture, having both parents who unconditionally love them and, and guide them in life, you know? Um, and I, I wouldn't be able to, I would do, I'm, I take pride in not being self-made, you know, it's just straight up. Like I am, I am the product of every people like you contributing into my life and into, into who I've become and who I'm becoming, you know, it's just, it's just what it is, man. It takes a village and like, yeah, man. I mean, it, dude, it's unreal. Like where, and that's always inspired me. And I'm lucky because when I was born, we were on welfare, but my dad was still in medical school. My mom was working like two jobs and um, we were in the Bronx and we didn't move out of the Bronx until high school. And we, we moved out of the Bronx so I could play uh, football um, at, at Don Bosco prep. And that was like pretty much the only reason why like we really moved. Um, and everything that my parents have done has been for their children. Like genuinely, like I, I cannot think of a time when either of them sacrificed something about us or for us that was in the best interest of us for themselves. Genuinely cannot think of a time. Um, and yeah, man, and there's so much that I've learned from from both. Like my dad, like literally his mindset has always been, let's say you were going to take a test. And he and he would say, all right, well, how well do you want to do? And I'd say, I don't know. You know, I'm, obviously I'm going to aim for like a 90, you know, like an A, A minus. Like, all right, I mean, that's good. So if you're going to go for a 90, why not just go for 95? You're only five, five points, five percent away. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I'd be like, well, let me tell you something. If you're gonna go for 95, oh, you fuck. might as well just go for 97.5. And if you're gonna go for 97.5, why not just go for 100? Like it's just it's right there. And that was like the that was always kind of like the mindset, you know. And so it was just always be be the best, just be your best, you know, give everything you have, be your best. And that also comes from his dad, who grew up in the Great Depression emigrated from Poland when he was a kid, single mother who didn't speak a lick of English, owned a, a business in the Great Depression to feed nine children by herself. Um, and my my grandfather, he has a quote on his fridge that he has fucking ingrained in me. Good things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. That's oh, it. Shit. And, and that, that is, dude, when I tell you, like that is the fucking bedrock of who I, like that's where it all comes from, man. 
How, this burn your burn your ships is gen dude. This is why you are who you are. <laughs> yeah. So it's the fucking wildest, man. Is your granddad still around? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like he's 95, I want to say. Holy shit, man. Vikings last that long. Does he got does he got he's got those cornrows, doesn't he? Those Brother, those Vikings cornrows. He walks around with like a grill and everything. He, yeah, he's, he's like, does. you don't fuck with me. No, fuck me. No, he's, yeah, yeah. Every conversation is like super motivational with him. And it's not coming from a place of like, you can do anything, blah, blah, blah. He genuinely comes from this place of like, listen, it will be fucking hard. It will be hard, period. And but Believe me when I tell you, you were born for it. Uh, there will be competition. Yes, absolutely. But you are ready for it. You are born for it. You're meant for it, period. Like it, it's just, there is no, it's like a, it almost like there's no such thing as not possible, you know, for him. And that's, that's kind of like how, yeah, that's 100%, you know, been ingrained in me. And, uh, and I'm very grateful for that, you know, um, but yeah, that, that's where it comes from. So it's, um, it's interesting the more you get to know somebody and the more you start peeling back the layers. And then some people like when they, when it, this goes back to the conversation I had when I was trying to explain to people who you are and they're like, why doesn't he do this or that or whatever? And it's like, that's not Gavin. And you were literally raised generationally like this. Like this is literally not how your whole family has been brought up. And it's just not the belief in the working of the system you guys are operating on. Yeah. And to an extent, you don't want to fuck with too much of that kind of stuff. No. You kind of just want to be like, you don't want, you, you got to let this guy go. You got to let that guy go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, dude, that's the thing. That's cut you. Like my mom keeps me, holds me accountable character wise, you know, a lot, you know, she's, she is my foundation in a lot of ways and my, my, my mirror in a way, you know, because of course my own vision could kind of be really cloudy and uh, for better, or for worse in either direction, either too much positive or too much negative. And she's, you know, the honest, transparent, very direct reflection of me. And she holds me accountable and she also reassures me in a lot of ways. And so, dude, I'm telling, I'm telling you, man, I'm blessed. I, I have both. I really, I have both. I'm very blessed. And my mom's a dog. Like she's, she still works she two to three jobs right now. Not because she has to, because she, she wants to, she, it's, it's, it's just who she is, you know? So, and it's not, you know, like a sense of, oh, I just need to be busy. It's like, no, I want to be in a position to always be able to provide for my children and give them everything I possibly can. And, you know, that's where it comes from. And so, yeah, man, I, I'm just super lucky. Like, I think all my siblings, you know, we're all very lucky. I have three younger siblings and uh, it, it's, it's incredible. I just hope I'm in a position where I can give back to them, you know, in some way in the future. But, but yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's cool. It's definitely, it's definitely cool because it's like, you know, you want to take where your parents have gotten and bring it that much further, you know, and that's kind of like my goal. Um, and, and I think I might be on the right path to doing that. You know, I'm not sure yet, but I think, I think we're headed down the right path. So, well, you know. What's your dad squat? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what are we talking about here? Take it easy. Right? 2,000 people. Let's see his, let's see his Instagram followers. That's yeah, all I'm I know. And those are the things that count. I'm <laughs> keeping track of these things. You have three younger siblings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My sister and then two younger brothers. Dude, fucking just... Are, there, are they two little meatballs? <laughs> Logan is... The youngest one is definitely, definitely a little meatball, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is he? Or they must think this is the wildest. Like watching their older brother do everything you do, and like, bro, I don't think they give a fuck. They <laughs> they don't see me any different. Nah, dude. I Are mean, maybe serious? my sister a little bit because she can appreciate it, but 
Nah, man, because they know, bro, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. I'm just I'm to just them. Lifts, but dog, they, you know? don't they still think like because they your your siblings will always just look at you as like some guy who takes up too much room on the couch or some shit. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But um, but when they see you like on the live stream and they see all that shit, they must think this is crazy that that's Gavin. I hope so, man, because that's part of the reason why I do it. You know, the goal isn't to show, isn't to like you know, make them feel like, oh man, now I have to live up to this. Like, that's not it at all. The goal is to show them what's fucking possible. It's to show them, like, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something. You can do it. It's going to take work. It's going to be hard. You will fail a lot, but that doesn't mean it's not possible and you have what it takes. That's my goal. I got to show them that. And in my opinion, what better way to lead than by example, you know? So, so that's, that's the goal. You know, and that's what my parents did for me. Like that's my dad didn't tell me and preach to me about being successful. My, my mom didn't preach to me about it. They just went and did it. You know what I mean? Like they, they did it. And I learned from that, the action of that, you know, um, it's dude. I remember a time when, yeah, both my parents were working seven days a week, you know, and my dad, we would barely see my dad, you know, like, but that's what it took. That's what it was, you know, and, and you grind it and you, and here we are, you know, and I, again, I'm blessed with the opportunities and privileges that I have, but it's off the sweat and blood of their backs, you know, and I'm very, very grateful for that. But now it's my responsibility to, again, carry that torch. Um, I hope my siblings are enlightened, not enlightened, inspired by it. You know, I really do because again, man, that's, that's what we do it for is, is genuinely to, to show, I want, I want them to truly believe in themselves and to see it could be art. It could be, it could be psychology, anything. It could be anything you want. It doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be lifting, pick something, pursue it and pursue it with excellence, you know, really try and raise the bar and be the best that you can be. And because I know you're capable of being fucking great, when you are the best you can be, you will be the best in the world. It just follows suit. It's just how it works. So yeah, I hope that they do get something from it. But <laughs> but I mean, I mean, just do whatever you're doing with passion. It, it, the worst, okay, listen. I've never in my life not been passionate. I remember having Chance actually on the podcast. And Chance is like, I worry that you stretch yourself too thin and then you're going to burn out because you're doing like podcast. Like I, there, there's a stretch wall podcast every fucking day tomorrow i got two sunday i got two because i need to hit as many people as i can coming off sheffield if many and i'm flying all over and i got a day job that's crazy drive me crazy i'm still training and doing all this shit and um chances like i, I just worry man because you post every day everything you're gonna burn out and i'm like chance this dude that you see talking on the podcast or here on the commentary i am literally this passionate this is how i approach life period like i'm a passionate person I'm like, it won't burn out. I, like, it's this is me until I'm dead. Like, this yeah. is just the way I am. It, it won't, don't worry about I'm no, losing. What's the I'll never lose steam. What's the alternative? I'll, you know what I mean? I'll, Not doing it? Some people, what breaks my, some people I don't, I don't relate to at all. Just fucking work a nine to five. They go home. They put on the TV. And then they go, you know, have dinner and go to sleep afterwards. Wake up. And then maybe on the weekend, have a dinner party. And like they just, like, you're just waiting to die in my books. Like, yeah, I don't right. understand you. I I am that dude who's like, let, what is the next big event? What are we doing? Let's fucking go. Like, I'm, I need passion in my life. And I don't relate at all to Joe 95 everyday Joe Sixpack. Yeah. I, it, it's not me, man. And that's what would break, like breaks my heart. When, when I see people like that, I'm like, I don't know, man. The people like wait until, wait until what? You could always have something. 
Yeah. You know, there, there's people like Jennifer Thompson who are like 50 years old, married, two, three kids. They're at 50. Maybe your kids have kids by now. I don't know. And she's still at USAPR raw nats in the open. Yeah, dude, yeah. breaking world, world records. Like, no, there's never a reason why you have to give up passion. That's just probably somebody who doesn't have passion who just can't wait until you let it go. Yeah, dude, you gotta you gotta find it. You also have to trust, like, you have to give yourself the freedom. And this is kind of like what I it dude, it's hard, man. I'm still figuring this out myself, but you have to give yourself the freedom to make mistakes. You just mm -hmm. do. Because you're gonna and you're not gonna be good at everything, and you're certainly gonna have to take time to get better at things, right? Everybody will throw stones. Everybody will have something to say. Everybody will think you're either a piece of shit or a great human. I've had people tell me I'm super fucking cocky. I've had people tell me I'm one of the most humble guys they've ever met. I believe neither, you know? And and so again, dude, like there will always be something. You have to give yourself the freedom to let go of it all and trust that so long as you are doing what you do with good intention, you're trying to be as good as you can, and you have one or two people in your life who you trust to hold you accountable, then you just keep going. You let the fucking reins fly. You have to go all, you just have to burn your ships, bro. You have to burn your ships. You have to go all fucking in. Um, and I know that some people feel like, oh, well, it's just not practical or, oh, well, I just can't. Hey, brother, we could all make excuses. We all got shit. We all got shit. Every single one of us. And I'm not invalidating your reason. It's probably the truest thing in the world, but it does not change the reality. If you want to get to where you're going, at some point, you're going to have to just forego the excuse and just keep fucking going and figure it the fuck out. We all have shit to figure out. It's just what it is. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you, you shouldn't, you know, feel bad or anything. It's okay. But again, if the goal is to win, if the goal is to get to the end zone, then you have to, you have no choice. You have to let go of the excuses and stuff. And again, that comes back to the freedom. You have to give yourself the freedom to move forward. For me, how I do that, I remind myself that death is inevitable. We're all going to die. Like, I'm going to die. So what the fuck does it matter anyway? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, genuinely, like, it does not matter. Once you embrace death, then you start to realize that like, you are truly free. What's there to fear? What's there to, I mean, pain, maybe, but it'll be temporary. You know that, that's guaranteed. So what the fuck? Just go all in. Who gives a shit? Worst the case that happens is you fail miserably and such is life. You keep going. You know what I mean? Like I said, you will die one day anyway. So it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, so that, that's kind of how I go about it. Everything is temporary. Is there someone in the room right now with you? No. Okay. I want to ask you about, you had briefly touched on, um, you said you dug, you dig into some dark places. Mm -hmm. What are some of these dark places? I don't think we've ever talked about that. Yeah. I mean, um, so that's kind of like, uh, I call upon like a collection of things. It, it, it ranges from everything, everything from like things about myself to experiences I've had. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like you have to, as an athlete, at least in this sport, you have to find ways to tap into the really deep shit, you know, the stuff that, um, will bring that fight or flight out of you. Um, and sometimes it's positive stuff. Sometimes it's negative stuff. It changes for me. I kind of have like an arsenal of things and, you know, in life you will experience pain. You'll experience betrayal. You'll hurt people that you love. You'll be the reason why people cry, you know? And and that's painful. Um, you'll have regrets, you know? You'll endure things and go through things that are traumatic to some degree, you know? Um, you have to take all of that stuff, or I take all of that stuff, and I bottle it up, 
sometimes, especially in training and in prep, it gets the better of me and it'll, I'll just be sitting at my desk late at night. And, uh, you know, I want to, I will, you know, I've had moments, pretty, pretty dark, deep moments. Um, but the key for me is to bottle it up for the competition because I need to use it. I need that shit to be full because I, it sounds really bad, uh, but I bring myself to the point where I want to kill myself. And I'm not just throwing that around. I wouldn't joke around about that. Um, I bring myself to a point where I hate myself so much. I could vividly picture putting metal in my mouth and pulling a trigger. And that is exactly what I'm thinking about when I go for a 740 squat. That's exactly what I was thinking about when I went for the 750 deadlift. That's exactly what I'm thinking about when I step on the podium and I place fucking third instead of first. That's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking about when I'm sitting here after this podcast and I'm thinking about all the things that I still haven't done or all the shortcomings I've had or all the things that I could have done better, not accomplishments. I'm talking about as a human, people I've hurt, things I've said that I shouldn't have or uh, responsibilities of mine that I kind of just let go, right? Things, all of my shortcomings, all the things that make me human and shit, I bottle all that stuff. And again, because I've mastered, I feel the art of self-awareness, I have no, um, there is no lack of things that I can think about that I think are negative or that are wrong with me or things that, you know, again, just they're the deep stuff. It's the darker stuff. Um, but there are some positive things that I tap into as well. You know, I have text messages and screenshots from, you know, people like my mom and stuff that, that mean a lot to me. And, um, and I think about that stuff. And sometimes I kind of make up scenarios in my head, you know, where like, I remember in training for one of my lifts, I had to really kind of dig deep because my body was killing me. I was hurt and all this shit and I had to make it work anyway. And I remember thinking in my head, almost as if like people were attacking me. I was bloody and battered. People were attacking me and I had my family behind me. I had the people I loved behind me and I had to protect them. And that was the mindset I put myself into in order to complete the lift and put my body in that fight or flight, you know, make myself kind of numb to the pain in a way. Um, <clears throat> this is probably why I think I would do well in acting because that's, I practice that a lot with my mindset. You know, it's almost like putting yourself in these positions and getting your body to respond in a way that you need it to. Um, you almost have to like traumatize yourself. You relive trauma in a way um, to get your body to do that. And so, yeah, man, I think I, um, I call it luck, but it's also probably not healthy. But the last like year for me has been really, really tough. Uh, I've had a lot of things happen in my personal life that, you know, some of them, some of them are self-induced, some of them are not. Um, but regardless, they still exist that, you know, have been pretty painful, pretty tough to deal with, pretty just hard, you know. And so I draw on now all that, you know, I bring notes with me. I bring pictures of things with me. I bring all that stuff with me um, to a meet, you know, in a little satchel, like in a little like Carhartt thing. And I will pull I will pull that out if I need to. And I will literally like before that squat, I was like borderline just going to be walking out crying, you know, because I'm thinking about these things. Um you know, and I, I write notes and I think this is something every athlete should do. I have a sheet of paper with notes of all of these, like, I don't want to call them triggers because <clears throat> that's not what they are, but they kind of are these words or phrases or statements that just, as soon as I see it, it will remind me of, yep, that's what I need to be thinking that that's it. Now I'm in pain. Now I feel it. Now I have my sense of despair. You know, now I have the fuel that I need to move forward because it's just, that's what, and dude, you get to this point where not to run on, but you get to this point where you don't care about the lift. Like dude, for the squat, I kid you not, I wanted it to kill me. Like I genuinely was in a frame of mind where I wanted it to break me, to rip me apart and just fucking bury me. I just genuinely wanted to feel the weight just fucking crash on me. And, and I used all of that as almost like a, anger or like a deep sadness, like this fuel to just overcome it, you know? And so like, 
yeah, that's the place that I've had to go, you know, for to to make these performances happen. Um, and the thing is, people I think forget, and they're like, "Oh, that's kind of crazy," and whatever. That shit is exists in my mind and in my heart, regardless of lifting. I'm using lifting as a way to channel it because if I didn't, then things probably wouldn't be so healthy for me, you know. Um, like I said before, there's nothing anybody could have could tell me that's negative that I haven't already told myself, um, and it, it's just the truth, you know. So yeah, I've had. Plenty of experiences uh, that, you know, I kind of draw upon that that definitely, you know, fuel those times. But it's, again, it's you channel it. You have to channel it for something, you know. It's an energy. So by itself, it could be neither good nor bad. You have to use it for something, you know. So either you make it, you know, it's a destructive force or a positive force. And I try to use it as a positive force in my training or in my competing. So you you would think this like, other, so you would think this otherwise anyways? Or do you, you think you would, like the weightlifting doesn't bring it on? No, the, yeah, the weightlifting doesn't bring it on. It's there. It's there no matter what. These thoughts are going to be there. Um, all of those feelings are going to be there. And instead of, you know, just letting it sit there and eat me alive in those moments, I try to channel a lot of it um, into this. You know, and I think a lot of people do that. You know, a lot of people channel their pain and channel their trauma or channel a lot of their suffering um, into something good. They try and use it as like fuel in a way, you know, and and that's, yeah. So it would be there regardless, um, you know, I've definitely, you know, struggled quite a bit the past, you know, few years, but specifically the past like year and a half, I'd say, um, you know, but I, yeah, man, I mean, it's like I said, death is inevitable. And so for me, it's contributed to this reality of just like, just let go, just, just let it fucking go. You know, like it, it is what it is. Like let go of the outcomes, let go of the numbers, let go of what I care about is the feeling of just giving everything because I, I, I genuinely want to feel the pain. I want to see how far I can push my body um, because I have all this inside me and it's got to go fucking somewhere. You know what I mean? So yeah, it is what it is, but it definitely would be there regardless of, of lifting. It, I, this is like a whole lot to unpack, a whole lot yeah. to digest. <laughs> this is, but it's a, but it is like, it's like, where do you think the, the, the trauma has come from? Like, where do you think these feelings come from? Because you're, I can tell you right now, like you're like, one of my favorite people oh, I when you that. tell yourself like, I'm, I'm telling you right now like when you tell yourself like you can't think of like positive things about yourself i'm like dude what the fuck god dude i'm like tearing up right now hearing you talk about yourself I like that i'm like what are you right fucking there. talking about gavin i fucking could list list be going another hour of why i would need you in my life and like i like i can't think about what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Yeah, you know, it's not it's not something that's always been, you know, there in my life, but I think, you know, over the last I I it's it's I have a natural, a very, very natural melancholy temperament. Like that's my my temperament. My temperament is not like extroverted, you know, out there. Like it is very to myself, very introspective. I think deeply, I think about a lot of things, and I am pretty self-aware, at least I try to be. And so when you pair all of those things together with the personality of a high achiever. That's, I think, the issue because you set this bar, you have these standards and it has nothing to do with anybody else. It's just what you see as the top. And so it's easy to constantly fail and fall short in every area. I'm not just talking about lifting. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about business, everything. When you add it up, you're going to have a lot more L's than W's. That's just the nature of life. Mm. And so sometimes they stack, man, and they weigh heavy. And I think the reality is, you know, I I just, I see that. I see it for what it is. and And so- um, there are plenty of times throughout my life where, you know, it's just, it weighs very heavy 
and you kind of have to just like you just go another day like you just eat it you know and again i'm very grateful that i have very supportive people in my life i'm very grateful that um i have training i have like you know my my competitive experience but i also have siblings that i have to lead the way for um but yeah man it's i i think it's a net positive because as dark and as deep as it can get sometimes again it's because of that stuff that allows me to have performances like i had at sheffield not that sheffield was anything spectacular i mean it was still 880 but like I know that that was a showing of just a, just a, a glimpse of what I'm capable of. And that would not be possible had I not, you know, if I didn't have this, you know, in me. And so you, there's a yin and yang, man, you, you know, the brightest light will cast a shadow, you know? And so that's the, you, you need both. Um, I just happen to have a little bit more of the dark than the light in me, but that's just my natural, you know, temperament. And put it this know. way, put it this way, man. When I talk about Delaney, I don't give a fuck what he does for a day job or any of this shit. I just want to be around him. Yeah. There are people whom in business do amazing and got like, I know people at wife, kids, and I know the behind the scenes and I would 100% if Delaney was a janitor would be like, I'd rather be Delaney. I would keep my head high because nobody could ever talk about me. You, you know, negatively. But this other guy who's successful in all these other ventures, I fucking know. And everyone would be like, that guy is not a good guy. When you're weighing yourself out, the biggest thing you need to ask yourself is that. Not a lot of this other bullshit. Dog, I know you. You're a good guy. This is, this it. is, this is not, um, like in terms of like not stacking up or whatever. It's like, nobody who's close to you would fucking think that dude. <laughs> Nobody's going to think I, that I, dude. No, I, I who gives a, it, but... who gives a fuck about like, dog, you could be working down this literally. Like I was a janitor when I was going through university. You could be a fucking janitor working. I wouldn't give a shit, man. I spend three shifts with you and I'd be like, this guy's the shit. <laughs> yeah. I want him in my life. I don't give a fuck, man. Yeah. And fuck somebody who's like judging or whatever. We judge each other ourselves the harshest. I'm just saying, keep things in mind. Anything that you might feel shame about is it like if it's anything to do with I'm not doing enough this side or the other status wise, that's not the same with there are some people who are for real morally corrupted who are, you know, they're just not good people. They will hurt you behind your back. They will take yep. advantage. They will do shit like that. And um, there's a fucking difference, man. And that ain't you, kid. That ain't I, fucking I you, that. man. I mean, I appreciate you're, that, man. You're a real dude. And... uh so don't worry about that other bullshit. No, I appreciate man, fuck it. that shit. You it's, know? it's tough, man. It's tough. Life is filled with tough decisions. And, you know, I always worry about making the wrong one. And, you know, as much as I worry about making the wrong one, I, I you know, I'll, I'll think about it for forever and then still end up making the wrong one, you know? So it's, I, I live, dude, I, I don't know. I, I live my life. Again, I, I think very deeply. I think I take life very seriously. That's kind of always been my problem. And, uh, you know, and I always have, I think I spoke about this briefly on the Powerlifting America podcast. Um, but, you know, the reality is when you are a high achiever and you do have big dreams, one of your biggest fears is not just being average. It's this idea that you just might not have been born with the abilities to do what you set out to do. That's like, that's a sense of despair. 
It's almost like no matter how hard you work, that wall, no matter how hard you push, that wall will never budge. No matter how hard you work, you'll never get to where you want to go. And I have those thoughts all the time. I also have the other thoughts though. You know, I also kind of can balance that out with this idea of like, the first of all, that despair will fuel me because it turns into like this deep anger, but, and frustration, but it's also this sense of like, no, 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 no. Like regardless of whether or not I was actually born for it, I'm going to make it so that I was born for it. And that's, you know, so dude, it's, it's a tide, man. It's sometimes it's low, sometimes it's high. Um, you know, the biggest thing that, you know, I, I just, it's, it's, there's so many things in life, obviously that, that come with baggage and that come with uh, hardship and adversity and stuff. But I think that, you know, I, the best way to do it is describe it is I respect the journey. I respect the pain. I respect the idea of, you know, the coming of age story where you have to leave the village. You just, you have to leave the kingdom. You have to go out on your own. You have to fight the beasts. You have to slay the dragon. You have to go through that to evolve and to become who you were meant to be. You have to, you can't have it any other way. And that's what this is. I'm in that period of my life and that that's, you know, and I respect that, you know, I, I take it for what it is. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I use a lot of that stuff for, for, uh, for, you know, to try to be successful in what I do, but, um, yeah, man, I'm definitely not, you know, a perfect person. And I, I, I definitely try my best to like stay on track and be as good of a person as I can be. But that's why, like I said, man, it helps to have someone like my mom because she is my mirror and she's an honest mirror and she'll tell me when I'm wrong. She'll also tell me when I'm right. And, and I usually need the latter more than the other, you know, I, I usually need that kind of reassurance from her in a lot of ways, you know, and, and, yeah, that's why she'll always have a special heart, a special place in my heart, you know. But uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate the kind words, dude. Dog, yeah, fuck that. You feeling bad? Give me a ring. <laughs> 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 I'm like a huge cabinet eating supporter. Um, and uh, in terms of like the journey, mm -hmm. let me tell you this quick story. So Tyson Fury, did I tell you the Tyson Fury story? No, not yet. So Tyson Fury. The heavyweight champion of the world was literally born 1988 when Mike Tyson was in his prime and his father named him Tyson after Mike Tyson and said, he's going to be the heavyweight champion of the world and Tyson Fury, since he was a child boxed. So when you're talking about like, will I fulfill this and the journey and the greatness and the doubts and everything, his whole life led to the moment where he had to fulfill his destiny his birthright and his great grandfather was a bare knuckle boxer. We're talking generations and he's named after Mike Tyson and he fought for the heavyweight championship of the world and he won it. That night he went home and for the first time started having suicidal thoughts. Mm. And within six months, he was 400 pounds, um, an alcoholic and an attempted suicide and a drug addict. And it was attempting suicide. And that's when he realized hyper-focused on the destination. Like when I reach this, everything's good. When I reach that, we're all good. That's my destiny. That's this, 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 this. And when he got there and woke up the next day, he realized life felt the exact same. Yeah. You know what happiness is? Is when we are all kicking it in the fucking lobby. No, hundred percent. When we're all going to be in Malta, when we're all sitting around at a podcast for a fucking three hours pass by, but we don't know it. Yeah. And we bounce from topic to topic and fucking, we laughed. You fucking literally made me cry. You fucking, <laughs> we're talking about whatever. This is better than anything. This is yeah. all life is. This is all oh, it man, is. That's 100%. the secret. 
It's funny. And, um, I, I have a story for I'm gonna, I'm gonna use the bathroom real quick, but I have a story for you that kind of coincides. Go to the bathroom. I'll pause it. Yeah. Okay, you um, have a story. Yeah. So it's funny you say that because um, not that it's really anywhere near the same in terms of like stature, but the Sweden Worlds was a lot like that for me because like in my head it was always like oh, I want to be world champion, want to be world champion. That was like supposed to be the cattle, like you know the the big the big event. And I did it. And granted, it was just a junior world championship. But, you know, for me, I kind of viewed it as if it was everything. And uh, obviously, it's during COVID. And like, we had all this hardship to kind of like get there. Whatever. It's a long story. After I won, I was sitting in my hotel room, like after everything. And having met tons of people. And, you know, everybody wanted to like talk to me and stuff. And it was so cool. And it was, and I sat in my hotel room. And I was like, this is, this is it. Like, I feel worse than I did before I won. Like I, I remember just feeling like, and dude, that Sweden, Sweden was literally the cat, like a catalyst for so much change in my life ever since then. Like just so much change. Um, some of it good, some of it bad, you know? And, and so um, it's crazy because like that was, I remember that being like the turning point, you know? Um, and yeah. And it's, it's, it's nuts. And, and actually like, I mean, I, I don't know a ton about Tyson Fury, but I, one of the things that I, from the, at least from the surface level that I really like about him is the, first of all, it's, it's just a straight up love now for boxing, not so much for being a champion, just a straight up love for the game, but he can't not do it, you know, otherwise yeah. everything falls apart. And he's also a man of God, you know, and, and, and I appreciate that. And I respect that. And that's something that like, I'm always working on my relationship with my faith. And that's played such a massive role in where I've, where I've gotten now, especially in my headspace, but also as an athlete. And, um, and it's just incredible to see, you know, like I remember watching, um, him versus Deontay and the, 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 the interview kind of, you know, and like, you could see Wilder was on edge. He wasn't conf like he wasn't himself. And dude, Tyson was just like, you, you know, you're going to lose, you know, you, you know, and that's what I admired. That's what I saw. And and that's what I wanted for myself. And like, it's crazy because like I said, yeah, Sweden, like, dude, I, after I won, like, I felt like, like everything just fucking tanked. And I just felt, I was like, this is, I do, I literally don't even give a, any medals I have, I don't even know where they are. Like, I don't give a shit, like a best lifter awards, all that shit is somewhere. You know, I, I don't, it's crazy. Like none of it means anything to me. And, um, yeah, so it's funny you told that story because I kind of like could somewhat relate to it. <laughs> well, it's it's a hold on one sec. I want to. I think I got the that exact uh, what Tyson Fury is saying to Deontay Wilder. I'll play it for a second. Do you want it? You want me to play it? Yeah, sure. Second. This is not your time. Your time, it's my may, time. your time may come, but this is not your time. You may think it's your time. You may feel like it's your time, but it's not your time, Tyson. This is my time. Definitely And it not. will forever be my time until I retire. I'm sorry to tell you that because I speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. Speak it, believe it, receive it. And it's mine. Let me tell you, all that stuff you just said, you're already beat. Believe it. Anyone who has to have believe an alter ego it. and not be believe themselves in there. 
and trying to get in someone's mind like it that. Is. I'm not you trying to can't get in your beat mind. me. It's and if I'm not talking to Deontay Wilder, let me talk to the other person you inside you, the bronze bomber. You, I'm not trying to get in You're looking at a man who stands in the light. I don't want you I to can't be beat by any alter I can't be beat. I don't want you to feel me. I've already beaten you. I've beaten you once and dusseled off. I'll beat you again in America. Never. Can't be done. I, I can't be beat. Even when you stand aside me, you feel I do the speak energy. it. I do Even believe when you it. Aside, and I do say it to I the world. Because I, I want the world beat. to know the truth. <laughs> and people like you want them to know nothing. We, we you might say speak it, believe it, see it, but I don't know no, what you believe in. Believe it, receive I don't be I know what you believe minds. in. You believe in something I don't. Well, that's the problem. And it, we and don't I'm, believe in the same things. And, we from a different and this world. is where I don't like a you anymore. Culture. I came here today thinking me and you were similar. But sitting around this table, I know that me and you are so worlds apart. Most definitely. Worlds apart. I look to nothing to come Light inside years. me and win fights. Only the power of God above. That's it. And I get the power from that. I don't get the power from anything else. I don't need a second person to come and help me. I've already beaten people like you many, many times. I bump into people like you every single day of my life. It's and I give them the me. same answer. There's only one person. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Do you know There's what I say to you? Ask and you shall Palmer. receive. Ask and you'll There's receive. There's only one Bryce Palmer. Yeah, I can see it now. I can see it. I can see the alter ego coming through. Don't you fear You me. and your alter ego are a pack of bombs. It's, uh, the thing with yeah. that is, what he, Tyson was saying is, um, and you were speaking about this earlier, it's people create alter egos and masks, right? And you could see where Deontay felt like he was he was getting called out and losing, just started talking like a mad person, just trying to be, and Tyson saw right through it and was like, yeah. you need an alter ego. You don't actually believe. Tyson, looking at that, you get the impression Tyson Fury 100% believed everything he was saying. Yeah. and was like, I know I'm going to beat you. Deontay looked like he was just talking and trying to put on an act. You could feel it. You could feel it. You could feel it. You could yeah, feel 100%. it. And Fury 100% believed it. Yeah. 100% believed I am going to beat you. And yeah. and I and I and now I see it more than ever. I sat down at this table. I wasn't entirely sure. Now I see the way you're reacting. That's not you. You're hiding behind an alter ego. Yeah. You know what? He's like, I'm real. I believe it. Yeah. It's and uh yeah. And I've tried to adopt that. Also, John Jones, too. Not the greatest role model in the world, but I think who what he's put on recently, like with his his last fight, um, and kind of how he just he just sat there, like he was just him. You know what I mean? He was just was a solid him, like his confidence, everything. He didn't feel the need to talk tons of shit and speak out and be the, it was just, it's like, listen, man, I'm going to give you an honest answer. I'm going to be here because I have to be, I'm training. I'm in my mind right now. I'm, I'm at peace with myself. That's how I aim to be. That's how I approach Sheffield. Like, that's why I genuinely meant it. Like when you had us both uh, Jonathan and I next to each other and we were, you know, you were doing that interview in the media room uh, before the event, you know, I was, I'm happy that for Jonathan, that the event, you know, meant everything to him. But for me, it was almost like meant nothing, you know, it's kind of like not in the sense of I think it's worthless, but in the sense of that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to win. I'm not here for money. I'm not here for glory. All the glory would go to God anyway. It's not me, brother. I'm here just to see what the fuck I'm capable of, you know, and I'm I'm confident in my power and in my strength. So if I do what I'm capable of successfully, yes, none of you will come close to me. But that still has to happen, you know, and so that's just how I felt. You know, I genuinely tried to embody that and I still try to embody that. So.
Yeah. It, it is um in in talking about the Tyson Fury story where um and it's right back to what you said about Sweden how you went back to the hotel room like I think I feel worse um than I did before and Tyson Fury 100% felt worse after he achieved it. It's because you don't want to put too much of an onus on one thing that when this happens, this will change for me. What it is, is exactly what we are talking about earlier. Just the passion and striving. Having a goal to strive for is more important than reaching the goal. As a matter of fact, more to the point where you said earlier, if you die and never reach your goal, it was more important along the way searching for the goal. Because after you hit it is when you have that emptiness of what now, whatever. And the, yeah, goal will, the goal will never change your life. But all the experiences chasing that goal for you has put you all around the world to South Africa, to Sweden, to fucking in Turkey where we're accommodating with like three hours sleep for sessions, yeah. oh, four man. sessions a day. We're like, yeah. <laughs> you went like, you had talked for like an hour and you said something and I... <laughs> I forgot you were still there. And it was the, the, the just just like the podcast we've had and like yeah. you chasing this goal, all of this has happened because you're chasing the goal. And if you ever become a world champion, that you would never want to swap that one day for all these other days and moments. These no. other days and moments are like way mean way the fuck more yeah, and well and that's that's what i said in the spd video that like you know my mom kind of woke me up to again which was it's not about the outcome it's about who you have to become in pursuit of the outcome that's it you know it, it genuinely is about that and then if you take it a step further there are people watching what kind of message do you want to send to them and do you want to be consistent with the message you say if i say burn your ships does that mean i don't get to pull 750 when it means i could be on the podium and set a world record total so i just go with the safe should I go maybe just slightly above when I go for a world record? Should I do what I think I'm capable of or should I just chip the world record? Right? So if I say burn your ships, if you're going to take the island, burn your ships, go all fucking in. And then I don't do that. Who am I? Right? So that's the difference. And that's why I have confidence in myself. It's not because I, I see false bullshit. It's because I try to show up for myself when I can, you know, I try to, and it's not like that all the time, but I just fucking try to. And I think that's the difference is when you do that, you're showing people you're showing people the results of the said behavior of said action. And that's important too. You know, you, and like, again, bro, Arnold Tyson Fury, Mike Tyson, at least from the competitive, like his sports side of things as an athlete, I'm looking at that stuff and it's inspiring me. It's teaching me, literally teaching me how to think, how to act, how to be. So now I'm going to be that for others if I'm lucky enough. So I, you know, I, you just, you have to recognize that. And I think that's, that's really special, but yeah, man, I mean, that's, that's why dude, it's like, I, I've said it before. I will say it again. It, you know, strength goes so far beyond a weight room, um, you know, and, and it genuinely, like it has nothing to do with the barbell, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, it's awesome though, dude, because like, that's, that's why I love social media now, because I think we get to see these top stars for who they are and at least see their brand, you know? And so like, you get to see Tyson Fury in these moments and then you get to see the outcome and then you get to decide like, oh shit, yeah, maybe I should be like that guy. You know what I mean? So Yeah, okay. And you know what's interesting? You were talking about uh, Mike Tyson and um, he, do you know how he was brought up? This is yeah, the crazy. crazy. Okay. Crazy. So when he was picked up by Customato at 13 and I mean, Tyson was a 
full-on hobo. His dad walked out on him. His mom died of cancer. He was in and out of orphanages, and he was hanging around like murderers at 13, like bad, bad dudes who, like, his best friend is the guy who shot 50 Cent nine times. and was a He was a hitman. His best friend's hitman shot 50 Cent nine times, and then three weeks later, he got shot, and 50 Cent raps about the guy. His name's Homo, short for homicide. That's Mike Tyson's best friend. When Mike Tyson won a fight, he dedicated his fight to that guy. He used the guy's real name. And everyone's like, that's, we all know who he, that guy is. So anyways, bad dude. And he gets picked up at 13 by Customato. And Customato wanted to shape him mentally to be so mentally tough and built for this. So, you know, when you sleep, sometimes if a song comes on, but it's not enough to wake you up, but it's enough that obviously your ears don't turn off. You hear things, you could hear it, but you're still sleeping because it's not a, a loud, aggressive song. It actually can enter your dreams. It enters your subconscious. You're hearing things. And sometimes you dream with a song. And if you're woken up, you're like, oh, fuck, the song's on the radio. I was actually dreaming that that was, oh, God, I was on a resort and the song was playing. It, it enters your mind. Customato. Mike Tyson found out, like, when he's like 16. One night he couldn't sleep. And Customato was in his room very quietly over and over repeating, you are a god. You were born to fight. You were scared in the dressing room, but when you enter the ring, you were unbeatable. And kept repeating these things very hush over and over and over and over. And Mike Tyson laid in his bed and realized, holy fuck, this guy's literally been... Like, like, you know, the, you know, the hypnotist that can, they, they got, they work a crowd. He was literally in Customato later on, Mike Tyson would, when Customato passed, he had books on how to do this with people, how to like hypnotize people and do shit and, and implant things in their brains. Mike Tyson would talk about, he'd be 15 years old, 15. And Mike Tyson at 15 was a jacked 200 pounds. He's a freak. He'd be 15 years old, signed up and fighting 25 year old men. And he'd be in his dressing room crying and cuss would be like, you got to get in that ring, son. You're, you're the future. And he'd be like, I can't fuck it. This is crazy. I'm fighting. That guy's got like a beard. And Mike Tyson would walk closer and closer down to the ring. And every step he took, he got a little more confident, a little more confident. And he was literally was in tears earlier. And then he said, by the time I ducked my head and entered the ring through the ropes, I'm God. And I was 15 years old. And he goes, I remember hitting this guy so hard. He had an Afro. And he hit him so hard. And there was a small, they call them smokers, like very, they're fighting in it. Like it was an official match, but it was inside like a, a boxing gym was hosting a tournament, an amateur tournament. He said the guy hit the ropes and his head whipped back so hard. And there's so much sweat. It was like it hit the wall behind them wow. because that's how close the ring was to the wall. But he remembers hearing the sweat fly and smoke the wall like that. And Mike was like, I would lay waste to 25 year old men and i was a fucking kid and he's like i was just it he became an egomaniac a complete narcissist and that's when he ended up getting in tons of at tw 18 years old he's a pro at 20 he was almost a teenager he just barely out of he was the heavyweight champion of the world rich famous women money drugs and could literally destroy any man who stepped over and yeah. and literally was in pro programmed to believe I'm a God. And he's like, it made me and ruined me.
because Cus died and I lost my mentor and he had no parents, no nothing. And I was, and then he left me in this world like that. Yeah. And that's when Mike Tyson unraveled. And the Mike Tyson story, he's not a good human. Now at like in his fifties, he's a different human being altogether. Yeah. No, but when he was 20 in his twenties, you can imagine what give a guy everything and make him believe he's a God, but have absolutely no guidance at all. Now go. And there's no doors closed to you. You're rich, you're famous, and you're the toughest guy in the fucking world. <laughs> yeah. you're, Nobody's going to say something. No, it's crazy. And he's like, I, I can't even, I'm sure he was a terrible human being. And the yes. things he's accused of, I think he did. Even though yes. I'm a massive Mike Tyson fan. Um, and I like, I think he's a different person now. He talks about things and he's like a different yeah, person yeah. now. It's crazy the different, how time can do to you. And I have a hard time compartmentalizing Mike Tyson in my mind. I admire yeah, him in so many ways. Well, but it's I, tough, right? Because you, you as a competitor, but also as like just an ambitious individual, you admire just the pure, like raw confidence and like what he has is what it takes, you know? But then you also see like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I wrote a paper on him once. Um, I was, I, I was a psych undergrad and I also did, um, uh, neuroscience and we were trying to figure out, like, I personally was interested in athletes and motivation and what is motivation? What does that mean for the central nervous system? All that stuff. And, uh, obviously one of the people I looked at was Mike. Um, he's fascinating. Yeah. And, and what's interesting really is like how different things in his life shaped him, like the death of his daughter, you know, like those like little things. Like I remember watching an interview and he was like, oh, the belts and the title, they don't mean anything. They mean nothing, you know? Um, and it's so weird because like in my own little world, I could relate to that to some degree, you know, like I really genuinely don't give a fuck about the the medals that I have. Like it, it's just, they're just in a pile, you know? And at one point in my life, I did care about that, you know? And so it's, it's just, it's so crazy how like we're all human and we all have that in common. And when you see other people become extremely successful at something, it almost, it should show you what's possible, you know? And it should, sh and like, that's kind of it. It's like, how do you crack the code? Like you do have to be a little insane, just a little bit crazy to accomplish something crazy and insane, you know? Um, and that's why, like, it doesn't really worry me. Like what I think about, you know, when I'm going for these big ass lifts or, you know, because I recognize like this just might be what it takes, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the best, but if I had to take a guess, this is going to be it. And this is what I'm going to have to do, you know? And so, um, and it almost be crazier to assume that being normal is what's going to achieve abnormal things. Right. So like, it just is what it is, you know, one plus one doesn't equal five, you know, so you do need, you need, you need to add more, you know, and that's, yeah, it is, it is fucking crazy. But I, I, dude, I have like just a whole slew of, of athletes and people and that I, you know, not that I put on a pedestal, but that I am inspired by, or I draw aspects from that. I'm really like, man, dude, like this, this is what I need to take from this person. This is what I need to, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it's, it's the duality and also people change. Like, yeah, I admire Mike Tyson for so many things, but I also think, I think the sexual assault stuff he's accused of, he did and it. It's fucking, I like literally it's disgusting. And it's like, how is this possible in my mind's eye? But then you're like, and then I also don't think he's the same guy at, uh, I think he was like 23 when that happened as, as like 53 when he's done the other side of prison. And, um, and now he has wife, kids lost a kid. And he's now like, 
like, I mean, a totally different person. You hear him on the podcast, the way he talks and stuff. And it's like, I don't know how I fucking digest and unpack this. It's yeah. weird. It's the duality of people in general. And and you've like, you forgive someone and move on. They, or do you just like, or, or should you, what are you going to do? Take him out back and shoot him when he's 23. Or do you forgive him, let him back in society or you do, yeah. but only to an extent you keep it hanging over his head. Or what does it mean if you forgive him and you admire certain qualities still, does that make you a bad person now or all of it? If a guy like Mike Tyson is very difficult for me to unpack. And it's, uh, yeah. Tough, I mean, I think, you know, the important part is like, to remember to try to avoid the human instinct of like judgment, you know, so right, like judgment right, right. Will, will protect us. But like at the same time, from a distance, I think it's healthy. You can ignore it, you know, because the reality is we're not perfect. And I think this is, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson. And there's a book um, that was basically, I, I believe, I don't want to like misquote it, but it was basically like this kind of study. Essentially, what happened was, um, people went over to Nazi Germany and essentially these are people that thought that they could never be capable of doing the things that the Nazis were doing. Long story short, they end up becoming, they slowly assimilate to what the Nazis were doing and they end up being the, the officers doing these things in Nazi Germany. And the idea is, and what Jordan Peterson talks about is we are all capable of this. Like stop thinking of yourself as the person who would save and rescue. Also think of yourself as the person who would be the person who commits these things, right? And and, and is capable of genocide and, and all these atrocities because we are, we all have that, you know? And so that bringing this full circle allows me to, when I look at guys like Ar Arnold's not perfect either. I mean, he had- No, I had the same uh, issues, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, so that's why for me, it's like I go into it, A, judgment-free. It's not my job to judge. B, I go into it like, okay, I am going to make sure that I take- all the good qualities, put them over here in this pile from this one person. I'm going to take all the good qualities from that person, put them in this pile. Good quality, put them in this pile. And what I'm going to do is create this ideal person out of all the good qualities that are in this pile. And that's what I've done. You know, so, you know, do I take uh, relationship advice from Arnold's stuff? No, I do not. Um, you know, do I take how to function in society? Um, from Mike Tyson? No, I don't. But when it comes to being an athlete and being the best, do I look at Mike Tyson? Absolutely. When I, when it comes to creating a legacy and breaking into the industries and, and building something like an empire, do I look at art? Absolutely. You know, so I've learned to kind of like pick and choose different pieces of people that I want, um, you know, and things that I feel like, okay, if I, if I can find somebody who again is like for me, I mean, like I said, I'm, I mean, I'm a man of faith. So for a lot of like my moral stuff and who I try to be as a man, a lot of it comes from Jesus, right? So a lot of that I pick and I say, okay, this is this is the ideal. I'm probably not going to be able to attain this, but I'm going to try. And that's kind of like what I what I, you know, float to or what I try to to work towards. It's um I was just trying to look up this one speech that Mike Tyson gives about life. But fucking uh dude, I'm dropping these like I'm fucking Joe Rogan and Jamie at the same time. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, gotta get you a Jamie, bro. We need uh we need to get you an assistant. Here it is. I think I found it. All right. Let me you can I play this one? You want to yeah. see it? Of course. Doug, what are we doing right now? Is this an all-niner? What's going on? <laughs> what places are we going to? Bro, people listen and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> They're like, these guys know this is still going on, right? <laughs> 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 these guys Holy know shit. 
this is still oh recording, right? No, we're, getting, we're, we're you know what you're doing? You're stockpiling for Malta. You're giving people content. That's what you need. Just li- for li- the 30 days of travel, 30 hours of travel. Listen to this one clip from Mike Tyson. It's fucking beautiful. Life is beautiful, but you have to accept the good and the bad as being. Listen, this is what I learned. Life is beautiful, but you have to accept the good and the bad as being beautiful. You can't can't accept the good. Oh, this is beautiful. Then we lose somebody. Oh, life sucks. Life is beautiful because life gave us the ability to just know them on our journey in life. We met them. We loved them. We cared about. They cared about us. That's that's the purpose of life. Just to enjoy what we had while we journeyed through it. My pleasure, brother. I needed it. We all do. Because sometimes we don't understand, like, what is this thing? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Why do I have to go through this pain? Why do I have to go through this fear all the time? Why can't it just be peaceful all the time? Then it wouldn't be life. You know, it wouldn't be life. We have to we have to take life at its terms. Life on life terms, not our, life on our terms. You know, we have to live life on life terms, not on our terms. Life is beautiful, but you have to. Dog, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's freaking uh, that, and that dude that he's talking to. If you're listening to the audio only version, and honestly, you guys should start looking at Spotify and YouTube, but that guy's like crying. I don't know who that is, but it, like you could tell that guy went through some shit. And he just happened to sit down at a table opposite of Mike Tyson, of all people, and got that perspective. Yep. And you could tell that guy had just been through some shit, probably relatively recently, lost somebody or something happened. And Mike just, he sat down on the other side of Mike Tyson, of all people, you never think you're going to get that speech. And Mike Tyson gave him, just said that. And it's, this is the duality that you deal with where like a fucking monster later on in life can fucking touch other people and be beautiful with these yeah, speeches. And, and he and, wouldn't, he wouldn't have, you wouldn't have that wisdom if he, if he didn't go through all that shit, you know, that's just what it is. That's the reality of it. You know, like it's no different than like if you were sheltered and you stay at home your whole life and you never venture out, what the fuck could you possibly learn? What experiences could you have? How much wisdom could you attain? You know, it's not possible. You have to go through the ring. You just, you just do, you know, and that's kind of like, again, it's, it sucks. It's a, it's a lot like, like a lot of the, um, in psychology, some of the stuff that like we know to be true to some degree, or at least has been like thoroughly tested. A lot of the stuff that we have that we know about human behavior came from studies that were really fucked up. That like we don't do anymore and we'll never allow anyone to do and the boards will never let anyone do. But we're kind of happy that we had them because we learned a lot from them. It's a lot like that. You know what I mean? Like think about the first person to ever like dissect a human body to kind of like learn how the organs work and shit. Pretty fucked up. But like, you know, it good came out of it. And it's a lot like that, dude. It's like you need to endure. You need to suffer to go through shit in order to flourish. Like it's if you want something to grow, you got to put some fucking dirt on it. It's just what it is, you know, and that's. Yeah, that's kind of like, again, what I was talking about before is you do have that duality you need. It's it's symbiotic, man. The darkness and the light, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, it, you need it. You need it. Dark, darkness is nothing but the absence of light, you know? And so mm. in order for you to appreciate either, you need both, you know? And that's... It's just it, it again. It's it's beautiful, but at the same way, it can it can definitely <laughs> it definitely suck and kick your ass. But um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's cool, man. And that's why like I try and eat it all up. Like we are so lucky to have access now because of social media to all of these these people. Everything from your favorite actor to your favorite athlete to your favorite you know 
podcast host, aka Ryan Lapidats, you know. Yeah. But, I mean. <laughs> but you know, you have access to these people. You can hear from them. You can learn from them, and you you just you can absorb it. And not only that, but you can pick and choose what you want from that, you know. And so, yeah, man, I think it's a blessing. And so. That's what I try and do. Like I genuinely do. Like I really eat up all that stuff. Everything from people like McGregor to, um, you know, Bradley Cooper, anybody. You know, I really do try and to to absorb as much as I can. And and I do believe you are what you eat. You know, not just nutrition wise in terms of what you put in your mouth, but also what you put in your brain. You know, what you allow yourself to consume, that is that will become your body, will become your thoughts. You know, and that stuff matters. So, it is a, a really big thing I've noticed is like protect yourself with who you surround yourself with and what you digest. And like, there are some people who bring negative shit and like it. And like, um, there are other people where it's like, it's more of a positive vibe. Surround yourself with those people, man, as much as possible. Can you, you know, people talk about like, um, they like to be isolated. They don't like people. Can you fucking imagine what real isolation is? Where if you didn't, if you, can you imagine going through life without friends? Yeah, it's crazy. Dog, if you drop me in the middle of a forest, some people are like, yeah, they, they show a picture of like a cabin in the middle of a forest. And like, Wouldn't that be heaven? And I'd be like, that would be hell. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Dog, I just rumbled off four hours with Gavin talking about. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me, doggy? Like this is what 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 anyone listens to the podcast could be like, yeah, I could totally see how you guys could go to fucking Turkey and forget to sleep one night because you won't shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, we enjoy uh, our space. We enjoy 100%. being alone. You know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, yeah, man. It's like it's your relationships that make the memories. It's your relationships that make things meaningful. You know, and like at the end of the day, it's it's so true. Like, there's it's it's a double edged sword. On one side, you pursue something for yourself to prove to yourself you're capable, to prove to yourself you're worthy of it, right? But then on the other side, you do it a to inspire. B, to share the experience with others and C, to learn from others. You know what I mean? Like it makes it fun. It makes it meaningful. It, it adds meaning to it because other people are watching. That's why social media works. It's because other people are fucking watching. You know what I mean? Half these motherfuckers that train and shit like that would not be training that way if it weren't for social media. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. it's it's true, you know? So yeah, dude, 100%. I agree. No cabin in the woods, bro. We need a no. fucking castle. Yeah. We need a castle. <laughs> We're like... 40 of our boys and their families and everybody. Oh, there. 100%. 100%. Jim, you know, you can have your alone time, but we're going to have the courtyard time too, huh? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for sure, man. Frig, dude, we crush some crazy content here. This went in all types of crazy places. Holy yeah. smokes, man. Um, I'm glad sometimes if it's just me on the podcast, I find we can almost go to certain places like this because it's a one-on-one conversation. Yeah, Sometimes definitely. when I have either a co-host or someone comes on with someone else, like a like like their coach or something, you're not quite always going to go in the same places. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never obviously every time I've done a podcast, I've never done it where I had like my babysitter with me, you know, or like my coach with me or some shit. You know, it's always kind of just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. So but sometimes, it's strange. Sometimes I'll have a coach on because I want to, um, like I I want to get their vi their view on some things and stuff too. I do right, right, I mix right. it up, or I'll have two people, you and Taylor are on, or whatever the shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. also, I've noticed if it's just me on a podcast, um, like the last two podcasts, we've gone to some places, and I think people are more comfortable if it's just you and someone else, if they're just looking at you, as opposed to there's two people. It's always because it feels like two on one, even though we're all just talking. Yeah, it feels like they're talking to two people. And you're just talking to one. 
when, when there's two hosts. And I think you're going to go to different places if it's just one-on-one. That's why like you have like a yeah. Joe Rogan situation. Well, yeah. And people, most people that you have on like know you, you know, and so, you know, I don't think I got to meet you in person before the first time we ever did a podcast together, but I don't remember. I'm not sure. I actually, maybe, maybe I did, but, um, either way, like, you know, obviously no. years, our relationship has developed. So we, we met each other after the first podcast. It was for sure. We had a podcast. And well, yeah, but the then podcast you ended was up after co- Ron ads, right? We had a podcast after one of those. And, th- and then we like, and I was like, I knew, like, I like this guy. Then the USAPL shit happened. Yeah. Then you ended up going to Worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friggin', um, uh, but yeah, man, there's something about, there's something about that too. About like, uh, in terms of like podcasting, I don't know. I'm tinkering with these kind of different things in my mind's yeah. eye. Because I think sometimes it's good to have a co-host. And especially, obviously, preview shows, recap shows, whatever. And for certain people, it's good to have a co-host if it's more. But also, when people come on the podcast, they've heard enough of these and seen enough of these. And then I meet people. I meet people at events. And they're pretty fucking comfortable with me because they hear me talk all the time about some crazy topics. It's not just powerlifting related. And um, like everything we talked about, like Jesus's, we went to places. Um, we're going to go to places with a lot of different people. And yeah. people hear me, op- you know, open up as well. So when they see, when people see me at events, they feel that way. And when people eventually come on the podcast themselves, it's a little easier to talk to that dude. I think, yeah. especially if it's a one-on-one. Yeah, hundred percent. And it also, it's, it's, it's great because like, realistically nobody knows you beyond your lifting right so when you finally get to share your story a little bit i think people enjoy that people buy into that people it resonates with them you know and and that, and we need more of that and so you know i think the spd videos did a good job of spearheading that but now you know i think what that's done is opened up the floor for people to feel more comfortable sharing those things in mm. things like these you know in podcasts and stuff like that um you know, and, and yeah, I mean, and someone like Jesus, it's huge. I think that's like, oh man, dude, it's so important because like he may change what he says now may not be what he'll say in 10 years and his answers may change and that's fine. But these are testaments to his process, to his journey. Mm. And this is just how I think of this stuff. One day your son's going to look at that, right? One day he may have a son or a daughter and they're going to look and listen and they're going to say, man, that's what my dad was thinking when he became the strongest fucking person in the world that's what he was thinking he was he was vulnerable this is where his mind was you know this or or this is who was around him wow that's cr- and they're going to learn from that and they're going to appreciate they're going to use that you know we don't we didn't grow up with that but the next gen will and so it's crazy man it's it's and that's why like you know again i think i'm always so grateful to be on stuff like this because i think it's always an opportunity it's not just an opportunity to grow and you know and and be exposed to more people or for more people to be exposed to me rather but it's also an opportunity for me to share more of who i am but then also receive that from you as well you know and so it's dope dude like i, I mean I, I love doing stuff like this it's i'm always always grateful for the opportunity to to be on here with you dude it's so weird when you said it but it's true this is a timestamp and in 10 years, we can go back to a random episode and be like, let me listen to this. Where was my headspace at, at that time period? And people who you have, haven't met yet in the future, like your future wife, kids, whatever, 
you go back and listen and then and it's kind of weird what do you think about it bro i'm i'm waiting for marvel to give me a call and be like hey listen we saw your sheffield performance we think you'd make a great wolverine yeah man, for <laughs> sure you dynamite wolverine especially when you cut to 83 oh dumb. you know dicey dicey yeah i was thinking about that. i was like damn would i go up to 105 or would i cut down to 83 it's 83 all day son I know because I'd be more shredded, but like, here's the thing. I feel like, like I could recomp and I could, I could probably get pretty lean and be like, I think to cap my body out naturally, I could probably be pretty lean 220, 225. Like we're talking like sub 12% body fat. I think I could probably hit like 220, 225 as a natural athlete, but that would be tough. Like that's going to take another two, three years of training, or I could cut down to 83 you know, like if I were to win, for example, 93 open, I would have a decision to make at Sheffield. Mm. I would either go 83 or 93 probably. So yeah, but also depends. Like, I mean, I, I saw Russ's stories and stuff. Um, I knew they were going to want to come over after this. So if he comes over and like, I don't know what he's thinking. If I were him, I would honestly just go 93. Like you've done what you want to do in 83, just fucking go to 93, like just eat, you know what I mean? Like let yourself, obviously he's hitting PRs. He's, he's super strong at, he at, hit at like 90. Yeah. I saw that. So like, you know, I mean, yeah, we'll see, you know, we'll see, you know, what it's, can you like, imagine like, you know? him entering the battle? The 90, the 93s are stacked already. And if yeah. he comes, Brennan's going to come. We yeah. already know that he comes, Brennan's coming. So the 93s would be, the 93 American nationals would be Stupid. absolutely insane. Stupid. Let alone some of you guys got to go back to fucking uh, USVI. <laughs> be, be, yeah, you can't, but, but some people <laughs> are going to have to yeah. figure it out. Some people are going to have to, we'll take you in Canada, bro. Uh, yeah. Let me know. New York A4. <laughs> Let's talk. Playboy. We'll figure it out. Relax. We'll take you yeah. in a heartbeat. But um, I don't know. Well, live with me for a summer. I don't know. Whatever your address is, you, this we'll, make it it. We, we'll make it work. Fuck Bring it. Delaney. We'll make it work. We'll, we'll, we'll do. We'll make some paperwork happen. Yeah. But um. Yeah, dude. It would be absolutely. Um, the battle of ninety threes would be bonkers. Yeah. It'd be it would insane. be literally Stupid. bonkers, and they would have to send two from the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah. And I honestly like. I think. I think what we'll end up doing is kind of paving the way for events like a Sheffield because remember. They have wild cards. So like, yes, 100%, the goal would be to win nationals and go to worlds. But I also know that Sheffield is not the end-all be-all. They will come up with other events to do throughout yeah. the year. And that alone will be other opportunities. Maybe, and Pete was kind of pitching this. Maybe, I don't know if I should say this or not. I mean, I don't think it matters. But he was talking about some shit where it's like, have an event where you just pick two weight classes and just have the battles in those weight classes for an event. That's a cool idea. Like, I think that's a cool idea. That could be it. Like, imagine all the meat is, is you take the 93s or you take yeah. 83s through 93s or 83s through 105s and they all battle each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, ideas like this get kicked around, whatever's going to happen, but it's true. Like, something will stick. Like, something will stick where it's like, okay, let's try this. When you literally blow the barn doors off like they did with Sheffield and just wow everybody, you know, we got a winning formula going here. Yeah. 100%. You know, it doesn't have to be as big as Sheff Sheffield will be the big one. It'll always be the big one. Um, but you can have other side projects and other side missions if you like. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and just I think that'd be an amazing idea to hundred yeah, percent. I I do like I, I really do I want everybody to eat. I think there's more than enough on the table for everybody to eat. And um, you know, 
I, I do. I, th I think, I really do think that people will come over now. You know, I mean, the biggest excuse is always like, well, I only want to go where the competition is. And I only want to, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, dog, shut the fuck up. Like we're in powerlifting. You put up numbers and that's, that's how you compare. You know what I mean? Whether you do it in your backyard or in Sweden or in South Africa or in Sheffield, UK, the numbers are numbers. That's the cool thing about our sport. I get it. There's different variables and different circumstances and stuff. But honestly, if you're simply stronger and your numbers are there, then fuck it. Then that's it. It's just what it is. You know what I mean? So for me personally, it's not about that. It's about decide for yourself what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Are you going to be able to leave that at the Arnold Pro? Or do you think the Sheffield is probably the better route? You know, and I think the what, choice is- Can great. you imagine <laughs> getting the invite for both and choosing Arnold Pro? With all due respect, Arnold Pro is awesome. It's great. But could you imagine being like, uh, I think I'll take Arnold Pro. Thank well, I'm you. just saying, because I know athletes who like, they- not that they were talking shit about the Sheffield, but they're like, nah, it's not that. Like, who cares? You know, it's oh, come on. Like, but that was that was so, cope. You know, that was cope. That was cope. Everyone knew it was cope ahead of time. It's like you're trying to cope. Yeah. That's what it is. And now that we've seen Sheffield, it's like we already know. Like nobody can actually argue. Like, no, Sheffield isn't the biggest and and biggest and best event in powerlifting. Everybody knows, man. And there's something special about going to like a world championships too. It is what it is, man. Oh, like, 100%. It's the fucking it's, world the championships. Level. You're at the top like, level. Like and you're battling people that are international, people from all over the world who are the best at what they do in their country. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's special, man. It's special. You can't replicate it. So, you know, I like I said, I do, obviously, I think it's pretty obvious that Russ is trying to figure out how to come over. I'm sure they'll let him come over. Um you know, in terms of like Bob Ashton, I already spoke to Ashton about it briefly and, you know, he feels like he has some unfinished business, but then he's definitely thinking about coming over, you know? So like they're, they're looking, they're thinking about it and I'm sure that they will try to come over and I hope that they do. I think, you know, the more competition, the better. Um, yeah. And I, I think it would be, it would be crazy, crazy, crazy if we all just stacked up into one way class, you know? Dude, so. think about the, it wasn't that long ago. We're talking 2019 worlds everybody was under one roof like this is all i knew until a few years ago some people came in kind of recently and that's all they know is a split all i knew was everybody was under the same roof yeah and it was only one was pathway crazy. yeah and that was and it. it and like you didn't think anything of it right because like you go you go from like at least for us like we didn't think anything of it. It's like, yeah, you just, you have to win nationals, period. You just have, you have to win nationals. And if you didn't win, it was like, fuck, all right. Well, I yeah, guess you don't go it. to worlds. And after yeah. nationals was worlds. Yeah. And then you go to worlds and see what the hell happens. I you know. know, like when, when Russ was done at nationals, he had to go face off with Brett Gibbs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's always like somebody out there who's coming from the other side. I don't know. Either way, we'll see what happens, man. I think Sheffield's going to change a lot. And uh, fuck, God bless SPD, man. You don't want to hear what's something that's funny. Um, like two hours ago when we played the name game, I thought we were wrapping up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought so too. Usually the name game comes at the end. But we just yeah, did a whole nother That's podcast. the midpoint now. It's the midpoint now, Playboy. People are going to hear the name game like, oh, we're halfway through now. And, and, and when do we start talking about suicide? Because that's a new segment that I've introduced based off of the last two podcasts. When, yeah. when then Ryan cries and then fucking what's the next segment? This is yeah. what we do. We turn it back around. Yeah, Mike Tyson. and Yeah. Dog, I got segments coming out of nowhere all of a sudden. But uh, listen, man. All right. We for really will. We for really will fucking will wrap it up. Um, 
what do you have like plug your coaching services, the app and all the rest of it? Um, yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost, I appreciate you for having me on again and for uh, let me chew your ear off and for everybody listening, we would not be able to do what we do without you guys. So thank you guys so much, uh, truly from the bottom of my heart and like all the support for Sheffield and all you motherfuckers who are like, Gavin got robbed. They stole from Gavin. Thank you. Fucking thank you. All right. I love you. Um, keep leaving those comments. <laughs> yeah. Keep leaving them. Let them know. All right. Um, no, but uh, yeah, man, honestly, I, I don't even really want to plug anything, man. I, um, I'm very grateful and honored just to, to be doing what I do. And I appreciate all the support and love so far. And uh, I'm just finding my way. I'm doing what I, what I think is right. And, um, and I'm grateful to be able to do what I do. I do want to say thank you, though, for sure, to SBD. I think, obviously, everybody who's listening would already probably know this, but SBD is killing it right now, and they are absolutely fucking... Do you guys have no idea what's coming? Like, it's it's crazy. And what they did with SBD was insane. Like, I mean, with Sheffield was insane. And, like, I don't think people can appreciate it because, you know, maybe most people listening are not athletes of SBD. But we were looked after. Like, I, I didn't really ever feel like they kind of just tossed us aside and, you know, just put us up and that was it. Like we had everything taken care of, like genuinely, like Pete was there no matter what. All I had to do was just shoot him a message. Training, where can we train? Done. Food, done. Sauna, done. Like everything was checked off. And I can't tell you how much I, that I appreciate that as an athlete, you know, who travels the world to do this. It's it's hard, man. And and it was awesome. So um, yeah, I do have, uh, my website is gavinaintraining.com. And I'm kind of revamping everything. I will be putting up for pre-order um, the like a, like some merch, Burner Ships merch, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so that's going to be launching pretty soon. And yeah, man, just just building and scaling. But again, I appreciate everybody who's been listening. So, dude, I appreciate the fuck out of you coming on the podcast. And uh, you know, like we could talk for like four hours, do a podcast in two months, and and we'll crush another four. Like, yeah. oh, easy. <laughs> Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, my man. And um, for everybody listening, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings. Um, post up in the Instagram, in, in your stories, and I'll repost. I'm seeing people post up. Taylor, of like people I know, and only because I follow them, I see them post them. If you don't tag me, I can't repost this. People just post it, which I appreciate. Taylor, yeah. thank you. It's I think Celine, the machine did. And I'm like, you guys aren't tagging me. I can't repost these. I think people <laughs> forget or they, whatever. It is what it is. I appreciate the listens anyways. But um, until next time, six pack lap it at six up. We are out.